49ers cutback podcast time and the chat is going absolutely crazy already and we welcome everyone here because this is going to be fun it is going to be super super exciting right we had a thursday live stream last week we're back in full force tonight normal friday except a little bit earlier for our east coast friends you're welcome out there in East Coast land. I know it's three hours ahead. You, know, you get to start at 8.30 instead of 9.30. You're welcome. We want to help you out there. Gary. That's some nice merch that Ant has on yeah. there. And and you know what? I feel like mm, I feel like we do have an announcement to make on the merch front, don't we? We do. The merch store is up. It is good to go. If you jump into the description section, you can see the link to the merch store. You 100% can. And also... It's really big right now, so just give me a moment, and I will shrink it down to size for us, and I'll let you see it as soon as I get that ready to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, the merch store is ready. It is live. It is officially uh, good to go. Ant has sweat, poured his blood, sweat, and tears into this merch store, folks. Oh, my goodness gracious You're me. just moving everything. I'm just moving everything and messing up the whole vibe on the channel here. It's okay. It's fine. Uh, you know what, though? It is exciting times. The merch store is officially live. There you go, right there, chat. You can see it real quick. I'll throw it right there. It's easier to read for just a second. Right there, 49ers cut back, 49ers hyphen cutback.myshopify.com. You can get all of your 49ers cutback merch. Yeah. And we got some good stuff that has just been put out. So check that, check that out in the description. Go down, scroll down. You can click the link. You can head over there right now. You can purchase anything that you want to do. The store is officially live. And there's stuff specifically for the Cutback Crew. There is. There is Cutback Crew merch, so you might want to hop in on that before it's gone. Who knows? <laughs> Who freaking knows? Uh, man, I'll tell you what. You don't have to demand merch no more, Matt Burgos. It is there. It is there. It is available. It is ready for you to go wild on. So, folks, get it while it's hot because <laughs> it's hot right now. Yep. Um, man, I'll tell you what, though. There's been a lot of good stuff that's come out this week, you know, yeah. from, from just the State of the Union and the State of the 49ers. That, that they put out uh, to releasing of the fact that the 49ers are now officially wearing the 94 throwbacks this year, yeah. which is no, there's nothing but excitement there. Uh, to all the signings build up coming into to preseason and training camp here, this is fun time to be a 49ers fan. It is exciting. And I was so excited to watch the state of the franchise because I was anticipating them doing the 94 uniforms and i know it got leaked on nike you know earlier in the day and kind of ruined the surprise a little bit but we all knew it was coming and the 49ers took care of business and got it done and i feel really good about it i like the design everything's blowing up fred warner's jersey has already sold out so if you're trying to get a fred warner fred warner throwback jersey not there not happening today um so you'll have to get it another time but yes i see tommy said it was uninspiring the old version where they had the live crowd and they had they used to bring everyone out and talk was so much better than the virtual one we're getting now. Hopefully we can get back to that because I like listening to the coordinators and everything where it's not so organized and structured. Um, but I think the big thing coming out of it too, the other thing that I really loved was that John Taylor's going into the 49ers Hall of Fame and that Patrick Willis is going into the 49ers Hall of Fame, which are two things that need to happen, especially John Taylor. He was my favorite receiver 
growing up. I love John Taylor. And I know Jerry Rice was on the team, but John Taylor was still my favorite. I love the way he played and everything he's about. To this day, I still love everything he's about. No, I mean, that that was the, I don't know about the highlight of, of the state of the franchise, but it was definitely an exciting moment to hear both those the, the, yeah. both of those guys are going to be going into the 49ers Hall of Fame. Not only well-deserved, um, and it just feels overdue for, for all of them, for both of them. Uh, so you'll love to see that. You really do. I don't know what you did there, Megan. I'll have to double check that. And oh, uh, we my. got some super chats. We did get some. Super yeah, we chats. got a super chat from Tommy Huxley. And Tommy, oh let me just say this gracious. about uh, CG. We're always kind to CG. In fact, sure. Yeah, I've had I've talked to him on Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we've always been good to CG. Yeah, always have been. And yeah, hey, yo. yeah, that's hundred percent. That's true. True. Huh? And Megan, thank you so much. Uh, you have been a big support. Um, wonderful everything that you've helped you know and, and just been a supportive person with so we appreciate you absolutely we do so shout out to the su the two super chats there we, we really love hey, that yo. and really appreciate that yeah um i'll tell you what uh what i what i do love and what i i, I love to see here and what i'm really excited about with with the roger craig stuff is just him finally kind of getting his due him finally kind of getting that love and that support and that just just that recognition because he gets some unnecessary flack sometimes from, from 49ers fans. He yeah. really does. I Pe mean, people do not want to let go of the fumble. <sighs> they don't want to do it. Yeah, you know, with Roger Craig, I mean, he really did just redefine an entire position. Um, he caught the ball in the backfield like nobody else. I mean, he was fantastic in doing what he did. Um, Jason, thank you so much uh, for the super chat as well. We appreciate Absolutely. you. Jason, also great conversation in the comment section. Always. Always. So if you want to see great 49ers talk, see where Jason commented. He's always got something very good to say and a good way to look at it. So thank you so much. We really appreciate it. A big oh, time. We do a lot. And I hope you're enjoying the new alerts tonight as well, folks. <laughs> and subscribers, if you subscribe tonight, we got a special alert for you as well. So everyone out there right now, if you haven't hit that subscribe button already and you're watching this, yeah. hit it right now. Make sure you subscribe. Become a member of the Cutback Crew today. And then after you're done hey, yo. doing that wonderful thing of subscribing and becoming a new member of this channel and subscribing to this channel, head on over to the merch store. Check it out in the description yeah. and get some merch as well. Not only be a part of the Cutback Crew, rep the Cutback Crew. Yeah, that's 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 also what you can do. And Roger Craig rep the 49ers really big. Oh, um, my gosh. I yeah. mean, the things that he could do. And uh, growing up in the – I grew up in the 80s, um, and he was just – Something that was just, I just thought that's what running backs were supposed to do. You know what I mean? I thinking back on it now, I realize how revolutionary and how impactful he was as a football player. Um, but growing up, it was just normal to see him and Tom Rathman catching the ball in the backfield and just making plays. Roger Craig used to have seasons where he would catch the ball more than receivers. He was a better third option than almost anyone else, you know, had in the league. Um, the things he could do is unbelievable. I am looking forward to one day him getting into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah. That, that's going to be a fun one we for need, sure. We need that to happen. I mean, he really deserves it, and he's being hampered and hindered by the fact that he played on these dynasties that had the great players. But he was doing it, and think about in 84 when he was having a big season, there was no Jerry Rice. Yeah. There was no John Taylor. There yeah. was no Tom Rathman. None, none of those things. There was no Brent Jones. It was Joe Montana and a lot of other cast of characters, you know, Mike Wilson, Solomon, uh, Freddie Solomon. There were lots of good players, but he was doing it back then when he was taking a lot of fullback reps even that year. Accurate. It's, that's very accurate. Um, man, I'll tell you what, though. John, yeah, John Taylor, Patrick Willis, uh, those, those two names, not only deserving, but yeah, I just 
I just can't wait for Patrick Willis to get into the actual hall and not just the 49ers hall. I mean, it's obviously, right? Obviously, he's going to make it into the 49ers hall of fame. He's one of the greatest middle linebackers, linebackers, just period players in his franchise yeah. history. Um, he should already be in the hall, but it's going to it's gonna get there. I, I know his time will eventually come. Yeah, the veterans are going to have to do it for him. Oh, they're 100% going to have yeah. to pull the trigger and just make sure, this, make sure it happens. Um, but I'll tell you what. There was a great conversation and a great point that someone brought up, and that was if Fred Warner continues his traje- trajectory, and this was brought up during the linebacker episode, and I think it was Jason that actually said it, um, if he continues the trajectory he's on, he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I agree, 100%. And we know it'll help the Super Bowl. Yeah, a Super does. Bowl will help big time. Because if Patrick yeah. Willis had gotten that Super Bowl, it would have been no sh- there would have been no question, right? You led that defense over Ray Lewis and that Super Bowl, he would be in the Hall right now. Well, it is longevity as well. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with Pat. He had the eight seasons. Fred Warner's going to play more than eight seasons. Once Fred Warner hits 10 seasons, he's he's going to be a Hall of Famer, especially if he stays at the level, even if he just played what he's playing right now. And I'm, telling, career, yeah. and I'm telling you, he's going to be better. He's going to get better. Um, he reads at an all-time level, and just the way he's able to grip this defense, just what it needs and what he what he's supposed to do and putting people in the right positions – is going to be very good for him. I mean, he's going to have a great season this year. He's going to lead this team. And I think if they bounce back, like I think they're going to as far as to be dominant. Last year they were good, but they weren't dominant. I think if they go back to being dominant and he's the main guy on that defense, then he's going to start getting the recognition beyond the All-Pro. But you start talking about, is this guy a defensive MVP type guy in the league? Because he really could be. And he's he's special. Oh, no, 100% special. 100%. Um, there aren't enough words to describe what, yeah. what Fred Warner means to this team right now. And there were not, it means very similar and eerily, oddly similar to Patrick Willis because there weren't enough words to describe his impact and the things he did for the 49ers. Defense for this team, leadership-wise, uh, culture. Uh, he was a big reason why the culture was able to shift and change so drastically, so quickly uh, from the likes of Singletary to the likes of Harbaugh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think the culture was bad in San Francisco when Singletary was here, but it wasn't organized. Right? There wasn't a lot of good yeah. prep work going on. Well, what you got was you got good culture with bad X's and O's. True. That's really what you got. So Singletary was great as far as culture and helping turn things around, which Harbaugh took to the other level. When he got in there, there was already good culture. Now all he had to do was put the good football with it, and that's why it worked out so well. So that was really nice. Mm-hmm. One thing I'm going to say, because I did watch this you know, state of the franchise, is I'm going to take a point and a little bit of a... Uh, I'm going to have a little bit of fun with this. So, I kind of told you this the other day, but all these people that are on Twitter all the time, they always find little things that make, make their point for them. Like, oh, Trey Lance is working with Debo Samuel and this guy and this guy. That means 100% he's the starting quarterback on on day one, right? Yeah. So here's a little fun for you. I just thought of this because this is something they would do, and I'm going to flip it on them. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so they revealed the uniforms. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo was in these uniforms. Not only was he in the uniforms, he was in the uniforms with the GOAT, bro. He was. With the GOAT, folks. And you know who wasn't? Trey Lance. Trey Lance. So 100% Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback on week one. Not only that, I'll go a step further with it, right? (laughs) He was in the photographs with the GOAT. Uh-huh. With the GOAT, he's the franchise quarterback for the next five years. <laughs> okay. The next five years, you, easy. You you took it. I was just making a solid Twitter point. You took it all the way to Thanos where Thanos will, would take it. I, I mean, listen. Yeah. Sometimes you have to go that far. It's true. To show how ridiculous someone I just, can I just thought be. I would have a little bit of fun with that because that is what happens. Um, And just so everyone knows, when Jimmy Garoppolo does start week one, 
everyone that's saying it's 100% going to be Trey Lance, it's not going to be Jimmy, they are not going to turn around and say they were wrong. They're going to turn around and blame Kyle Shanahan for making the wrong choice. You heard it here first. Quadru- that's, the quadruple down technique? That's what's going to happen is <laughs> Kyle didn't have the guts to do what he needed to do, didn't have and the, that's why we're going to have Didn't problems. have the cojones, and that's why they killed him. That's why they'll never win a Super Bowl. <laughs> never. Never going to happen. I mean, my goodness gracious me. I mean, look, I don't, I don't put it past any of these talking heads and any of these, these Twitter, yeah. Twitter folk out there in Twitterverse spouting and spewing nonsense and talking nonsense. Uh, look, at the end of the day, it's really easy. It's really easy for all of us, right? Like, I've seen us make plenty of videos and people comment, oh, you guys, couch quarterbacks sitting yeah. over there, couch coaches sitting over there. And it's like, I mean, here's the, That's the not. They're not wrong. They're not wrong, but the difference is, right, is that we're not actually sitting here telling people, other people, what should be done. We're telling you what we think may happen. Right. There's a difference between the two things. We're not actually approaching this. We're trying to approach this from the perspective or the perception that we have the answers. We're just looking at what the 49ers have done, the decisions they have made, the people that they've brought in, the things that they've done, and then trying to give you this logically speaking based on our experience and what we've experienced as 49ers fans, coaches, running organizations, playing the game ourselves. This is kind of what it looks like they're trying to do. This may be the direction that this goes. 100% can always be wrong, but we're not trying to... A lot of these guys, it's it's like an ego thing, right? You put something out there because if you're right, you look like a, a God-level genius. Right. And if you're wrong, well, you know, it wasn't really ever your fault. It, they just didn't... They weren't smart enough to do it. Two points. I like it. Number one, controversy creates cash. Also true. Eric Bischoff said this, and he's 100% right. So if you can create controversy, then you have something to talk about. That's true. And if you have something to talk about, then people are going to go on there and respond because they're either going to agree with you or they're going to hate it. So either way, you've invoked a emotion. Number two, I will not be called a couch quarterback. No. Or a couch, I'm sorry, coach. Number one, yes, I was a coach, so that's accurate. But I do not sit on a couch. It's a recliner. So I'd like to be called a coach a recliner coach, that would work. A Coach Kleiner? No, maybe a may, Coach Kleiner. Is that like related to Coach Klein? I don't know. Um, Mr. Coach Klein said that. <laughs> Mr. So Coach Klein said If you want to call me a recliner coach, I'm okay with that. Fair. You know what? My my you know what? My my couch is a recliner too. So it better be recliner coach or recliner talking head, whatever it is. Recliner yeah. included, and we'll be all right. Yeah, it's a way better choice than a couch usually. I mean, listen, right? Recliners, you can recline, you can nap, you can rest, you can relax. Couch, you got to sit up straight. Hard to, you know, lay out. Especially if it's a love seat and it's got this <laughs> stupid little... Uh, it's just ridiculous, man. It's just ridiculous. Uh, no, but look, at, at the end of the day, right, this team is is is, in, is going in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, I love the photo shoot. I loved seeing the goat in the uniform in the 94 throwbacks. It just looked right. It felt right. Uh, and every 49ers fan right now can take a deep sigh of relief because now the two sickest uniforms in all of the league are going to be on display in 2021. Yeah, they are. And they've already released the dates. The NFL allowed them. They're only supposed to be able to wear them twice. The NFL allowed them to wear it six times, four times in the red, two times in the white. Um, I love that the red is starting out against Green Bay and that big primetime game. And all the primetime games are covered. Oh, they covered all of them to I make sure it. that they're going to be looking, you know, dope, dapper, and feeling good. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. And you know what? I, I don't know if you saw this, but CBS, pretty much like an hour after the 49ers announced it, put it up like, what do you guys think? The the throwback uniforms are universally hated by pretty much every other franchise. They were saying 
Can you believe there was actually people who say it doesn't look any different from what the 49ers normally wear? Oh my god, what? Yeah, I guess they forgot that the gold pants weren't there. Yeah. And then said it wasn't a throwback. It's like, okay, I know a lot of you don't realize this, but football started before 1994. There was, in fact, the 49ers wore in 1955 these exact uniforms. So I'm just wondering where these people think throwback is supposed to be. Throwback is supposed to be like what the Jets wear, right? Or what the <laughs> freaking Steelers wear, where it's just like, it looks like vomit thrown up on a uniform. And it's like, oh, look, it's cool because it's super different. No, like, yeah. just, just no. The, the big thing for me was when the Niners made the move away from those uniforms, right? And went to what they wear traditionally now, I got it. Well, they we were only wearing it for 75th anniversary of the NFL. Correct, but I, I honestly think the Niners should make the move back to that because we're at a point now where a lot of old things are becoming fashionable and trendy. And I'll tell you what, those 94 you throwbacks, the whites and the reds, nothing, the, the block lettering, the shadowing, the, the two, double layer with the numbers, like all of it just screams clean. Yeah. It screams clean all the time. The stuff they wear now feels like a professional, like the uptight NFL, the not fun jerseys, yeah. right? It feels like what they were forced to wear when the league shifted around the rules and took away celebrations and, you know, all this stuff. Those uniforms now, it's like a jolt of energy to, to the fan base. It really, really is. As soon as they got announced, man, I can't tell you how many people were posting their orders of the uniforms, whether it was Kittle, Warner, oh, Rima, yeah. whoever. They were just post. They were spamming it. They were spamming these posts of them buying the uniforms up. And I'm, ta- I'm not talking like one uniform. I'm talking like four or five at a time. I'm like, holy cow, folks. My goodness gracious. This fan base is jacked and ecstatic for this. Couple that with the fact that we're going to have a full stadium this year as well. I would hate to be any team coming into Santa Clara. Green Bay. I'd hate it. I would absolutely hate it. It's going to be a sea of red and white in the throwbacks while we're wearing the home throwbacks. And just screaming fans, screaming at Aaron Rodgers, you should have come here! And just screaming at him nonstop, all day long, all game long. I want to be at that game. I really, really want to be at that game. After finding out everything that's going on with the 49ers and that they're going to have a full stadium, Aaron Rodgers will probably sit out until week four. If I'm him, I'm sitting out until week four. I don't want to see Bosa, Armstead. You know, D Ford, Ebucom. I don't want to see these guys week one. I don't want to look eye to eye with Fred Warner as I'm trying to check out of a play and Fred Warner going, oh, this is what they're doing. I don't want that. That energy is going to be through the roof. You're right. I can't wait for it. That's going to be exciting to see. And I seen that Jason was asking about the 49ers, you know, why they can't wear it more than six, why the NFL kind of stops that. The NFL famously stopped the 49ers from wearing the white throwbacks in the Super Bowl as well. What it is, is they want these teams to wear the uniforms, and that's why I think they're always doing this, that are traditionally known for because they want that identity to be seen the most. It's kind of just like one of those marketing things. I think it's cool that they have multiple uniforms. I would dig if they'd let this happen more. I think that they should let these uniforms, you know, be able to be changed a lot. I think that would be a lot more exciting. I agree with you, and it, it is. It is more of an identification thing, right? They're trying not to confuse, especially the non, the non-super fan, like the traditional casual fan who maybe just picked up football in the last four or five years. They, you know, they're trying to establish identity, brand identity. It is. It's about brand. Exactly. They want brand identity and like a, a cohesion around the league, so that team fans know, right? And then you just sprinkle in the, the throwback stuff for the har- hardcore diehard fans because you know they're going to eat that stuff up. Yeah, they're going to eat it up, and you know what? We all should eat it up because it's 
awesome and fantastic and reminders of the glory day. So why wouldn't you eat yeah. it all up as soon as you see it? Um, Calm before the swarm. That is an interesting one. If the Titans would wear other uniforms, that would be sick, especially like the Oiler, the Oilers ones. Will they be allowed I don't to wear the Oiler ones? There's or no does way. the Houston Texans actually would wear the Oiler ones because of the Houston thing? I would imagine, well, you see, this is where it gets confusing, right? Because the Cleveland Browns picked up, shipped off to Baltimore. Baltimore. You wouldn't see the Baltimore wearing throwback Cleveland Brown uniforms. They would just wear yeah. throwback Baltimore uniforms. So that's a great question. So maybe uh, they just have to wait until they have their own throwbacks. We might not get to see Houston Oilers again. For a very long time. I would love seeing the Oilers uniforms. That was actually oh, one of my favorite, especially because I really liked Warren Moon. I loved Warren Moon, and I bet yeah. that baby blue, man. That baby blue, powder blue, which, oh, it, looked, that, it looked clean. Yeah. It looked clean. I, I really did like him. So, I mean, yeah, the, the, those are the things that we got going on, and the uniforms. I would ask you this about the uniforms. I don't know, because you did see the pictures of Jimmy Garoppolo with Jerry Rice. Oh, yeah. What did you prefer, the Jimmy Garoppolo uniform that he wore the all-white socks or did you like the Jerry Rice where he had the red, red underneath, which is obviously tights, with a white sock about halfway up? You know, you know, I liked the layered. I liked the red underneath with the white halfway up. I think Jerry's doing it right. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. What does everyone else think? The all white, or do they like the breakup? Deion Sanders, Jerry Rice, Ricky Waters, all those guys in '94 used to break it up and not go one solid color. That's what I did when I played. Yeah, you had to break it up, right? I had the purple, yeah. purple, purple, or whatever we would wear. I had the long purple socks with the white halfway up because you just got to get that, create that separation. Yeah, just it's a little extra swagoo on top of the swag that you already got on. Just that little icing on the cake. That's the way I've always viewed it. I love that look more than anything else in the world. That, that's like my when when you break it up like that and you kind of. Maybe not color coordinated, but you give that little contrast down there. It just makes everything else pop. Can we get the throwback cleats that they wore in 94 now? I want to see these oh. guys in those Ricky Waters. I don't know what those were. Those the Falks? I can't remember what. I think they were the Falks. Oh, maybe that might be pre-Falk. I don't even know, but those were like the throwback ones, like the Reebok. Yeah. You remember what I'm talking about? Whack on Reebok. Reebok yeah. cleats were the, the well, cleats. It, the whole thing was Reebok. It's true. The whole I mean, even though those jerseys were Wilson, I believe. Um. But, yeah, I, I need that in my life. I need that white with the red, with the Velcro over the top. I, I want all that. I, I need that this I year. I need that in my life. Like, I've seen the Jordan ones, and I love it, you know, the cleats. But I want the throwback Reeboks. Let, let's do that. So I know we probably can't because Nike has the deal now. But can Nike come up with something? They could do the Falks in the red and the they gold could. and all that because they did the Falks. They did. Those were, those were pretty crazy. I used to wear those in basketball. but They were nice. Yeah, I, were, I enjoyed them. I had the, the, the navy blue with the gold, and it was nice. Oh, I like that. I like yeah. that. Uh, Caleb, Jerry looked like he was ready to hit the field. I saw that picture of him. And, Always. Dude, I was like, holy, could he, he legitimately could probably still play. Like, not great, but he could still play. He could go out there and take a couple shots, run some routes, he could get open. Yeah, that, that's what I'm worried about, him taking some shots. He could take, he could take one. Yeah. He's probably got like one, one reception over the middle and a clock cleaning left in him and like, I'm good. Well, let's be honest, there has been seasons where I've thought, oh my gosh, I'd rather have a 50-year-old Jerry Rice than some of the guys we out, have out there. Um, I think famously Harbaugh's 2011 team, oh. it was like, dude, who do we got out there? Remember, we actually, I remember this season because we had a legitimate conversation about Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens and Randy Moss. We had a conversation about this. Like, I think I, we, we were sitting there watching games, talking about it. And we're yeah. like, honestly, either one of them right now. Just I would have signed both. I would have signed both that day. Yeah. yeah like they, they were, that receiving core was just so bad. And then they ended up bringing in uh, Randy Moss the next year. They did. A year after we talked about it. Yeah. Literally a year after we talked they about it. They should have done it. 
Oh, they would have. Because who knows? Maybe they would have got rid of Well, Kyle. you would have had to definitely. Maybe they would have got rid of Kyle. You had, they would have had to take it serious at least. Well, and you had the Josh Morgan injury early in the That's year. That's true. That would have been huge if he could have played. He, he would have been. He would have been big. And I think his career would have kept going and not completely fell off. I mean, he yeah, he literally, literally right off a cliff. Yeah, he did. It was bad. It was bad. But see, that's what happens in the NFL, right? Like, if you're a guy who's struggling and you get injured after a lot of struggles like that, uh, it, it becomes very, very hard to maintain yourself and keep yourself in the league. Uh, Fortnite might have brought up the Chrome helmets this next year. The gold ones? No. I've seen I've seen it's a lot much. of build for that. Um, it all depends on what they're going to do, right, with the with – the, with the uniforms that they have, if they're going all gold, I don't know. I always like a breakup, a little bit of a change. I think it's the face mask for it's, me. It's just, it just, it's too much. Yeah. It's too much. I mean, they look kind of look 3CP3O or whatever his name is. C3PO. Yeah. There you go. It looks like that. Di- I was just at Disneyland. I saw him a lot. Yeah. yeah no, you don't. You go that way. That's I, a lot of if you didn't see, if you haven't been on Twitter, Gary did the black helmets for us. Okay. Um, He sent a couple ideas and we were kind of talking back and forth and he did a black helmet with the reddish logo on the side it actually if we're if we were going black helm or black uniforms with the black helmet it would look kind of nice so gary did a good job on that i like that gary he yeah. said that on twitter you said yeah it was on twitter yeah he yeah. did post it on twitter i'm, I'm gonna try to look this up gary real yeah quick while, while we're doing that but no it's I mean, pretty nice and it's a matte black helmet we did talk about that so we were going matte black with the red logo um, it, it looked, it looked kind of nice. It's like, gives you kind of more of the Darth Vader-ish empire kind of thought, you know, process. I mean, listen, that's, uh, that's the way you want it too, because yeah. that is, oh my Lord almighty. But, oh yeah. No, that's, oh, that's clean. Yeah. Chat, I'll have to try and pull that up for you. Yeah. That's clean. I like that a lot. It, it looks good. If you're going to go with the black, it, it makes the most sense to have the black helmet. Oh, hundred percent. Especially if you really could do it where you have like a fluorescent red. So it kind of like pops pops out especially if you if they keep the uniforms the way they are now right with with the no gold anyway yeah. and it's just the black and yeah, red none of the just the gold swoosh just go ahead and get rid of that honestly at this point yeah, just put the red swoosh on there and just make it all black and all red. black and red yeah, i'm fine with that yeah unless you're gonna wear if you're gonna wear gold helmets then you add gold around the the numbers and you can leave the gold swoosh very true yeah you, you very well you very well could um i oh man I don't know. I don't know about those chrome helmets, man. I don't. That's a lot. I mean, I wouldn't. A lot. I wouldn't hate them, but I do think there would be. A, there needs to be some sort of a breakup with it being all gold. I like that you can see everything. You know, like all the reflections in the side of the helmet and the whole thing. It looks nice. Yeah. But when you get to the face mask and it's all gold, it just looks like there's too much. When you have these uniforms, usually you want that breakup, you know, of colors, and that's why you always had, you know, the 49ers with the old school, like the pewter gray, you know, face masks, you know, it looks more, to me, it looks a little bit cleaner and better, but. That's, yeah, every, everyone's going to be a little different on that. But I did see um, the white helmets. I know we talked about this last time. It's not nice. It doesn't look good. So all white oh. throwbacks with the white helmet doesn't look good. Also, there it's was hard. a push today for the ni- the 1955, they wore red helmets. Um it does. It would not look good. No red helmets for the 49ers. I do not like that look. It would look like we like our 49er helmet got with a Kansas City Chiefs helmet, and they had a helmet, and that's what it would look like. And it's not a good look. I was so specific. <laughs> I was so specific on how the helmet was made. Yeah. No one needed to know that. Uh, the rest of those home games, though, and had already brought it up, right? September 26 burst the Green Bay Packers the very first time. That they is, were, yeah. Those red th- home throwbacks. Uh, October 24th. Versus the Colts, a big, huge game there. You love to see it there. November 15th versus the Rams. And then December 19th versus 
Atlanta. That's an interesting choice of a game for for those unis. Well, and that's where they're wearing the the all. That's when they're wearing the red ones. Yes, the all reds. Um, they are also wearing the white December fifth and December twenty third. The fifth against Seattle and the twenty third against the Titans. Three times in December, they're wearing throwback uniforms, <sighs> which I like. So we're gonna get to see those. Um, yeah, you're right against the Falcons. Interesting that they're going kind of throwback there. I like it a lot. I like it a lot yeah. too, and I'm wondering if it's because it's an important game for Shanahan. It could he also wants, be he wants those the, the guys up for that game. It could also be a tip of the cap to the old NFC West rivalry. Very well could you be. You know, as in '94, well. that was still a rivalry, so they were still could, playing in the. It same, could be that maybe division, also yeah. maybe we're going to get a throwback from the Falcons that day. Maybe we can get them in like an all black, or even could we get lucky and get them in the red jerseys? I don't know if that's even a thing. But even the black uniforms with the black helmets would be kind of cool to see. That would be. That really I kind of I kind of miss those a little bit. Even though I do like when they they upgraded to the reds that Michael Vick wore, I did like those a lot. Dude, those all red, the all red Vicks were. That's what I call them. I don't even call them the all red Atlanta. Yeah, Falcon. it was the all red Vicks. Those those were sick. Those are some sick unis. Those were my favorite uniforms to play with on Madden. Yeah, those if my I was ever playing with Atlanta, to dominate just, on yeah, Madden. Just rolling those all reds. Yeah, I know. I, I saw the other day someone posted that Michael Vick was unstoppable in 2004 Madden. That he was a cheat code. And if he's the cheat code, I was the answer because I completely used to destroy him. That's very true. That's, I got he's got, actually kind of he's got nothing. He's got nothing. This is really annoying. <laughs> I would play against everybody, anybody else who would use Vic, and you know Vic would tear it up. And then you play, you'd play as Vic against Ant, and it just didn't matter. Okay, j- just Megan, no. Okay, that would be ugly. That's, that's, ugly. It looked like Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer <laughs> out there. Standing it, I don't out. think it would look good with a red helmet. No, the all whites with the red. No, it's got. I be mean, gold. Kansas City does it, but they have the red that they have kind of works because they have a lot of yellow in it. And the yellow in the uniform, but personally, I don't think it works. I, when they wear their all whites and their red, I'm like, "This, take it yeah. off. Just take it off. That <laughs> just doesn't need to happen. It doesn't need to happen." Yeah, we're, we're getting, we're getting. Megan's getting some pushback on that. I, I I'm gonna give you some pushback. <laughs> I swear, I'm giving you some pushback. That's a big no, no. That's a big no. That's too much. That's too much contrasting. Too much contrasting styles, which is why the whites to me, the white helmet idea sounded like the most reasonable one to mix it up. Yeah, uh, and then we just saw some concept designs, and it's just. You know, it's, it, it's, it's just it's not it's there. just not there yeah unfortunately it's not there folks yeah the Niners have a pretty bland color scheme for the helmets unfortunately I mean the, you can make the blacks work with the all blacks there might be a version of a black helmet out there that you could do for the whites but it's gonna take a lot of work <laughs> it's gonna take a lot of work I kind of like the way the gold looks on the whites. I do that's my, my personal is the gold. I looks. actually like the gold on the reds that that we're gonna be wearing this year the throwbacks I like it it's true I am. I kind of love all the 49ers combinations, so I'm, I'm kind of one of those guys. A homer when it comes to our uniforms. Yeah, thank I, you. I like all the colors, the way it matches, the way it looks. It's To me, it comes off as regal, and yet... Oh, regal? Yeah, it's just really nice, you know. Like it's well that. put together, yeah. yeah 49ers might have. Thank you, man. We appreciate yeah. the uh, the support there, and thank you for uh, for telling us the merch shop looks good. I'll tell you what, man. Ant, you killed it on that. Look at the shirt there, folks. You can see it right now. It's a beautiful beautiful shirt it's beautiful i like design. it I, I like the i like the way it's come out so far yeah yeah absolutely you guys now you got a lot of options to rep the 49ers cutback true and support the cutback crew you should do that uh man from from away from home and away jerseys yeah right you got 49ers being inducted into the 49ers hall of fame which is which is always great to see and then you have them talking about just the state of the franchise and everything that's happened this year for the 49ers and how did you feel about everything that you saw from the interviews, whether it was Kittle and Warner's interview, whether it was Shanahan and Lynch's. I'll start with Kittle and Warner from the fact that 
The fact that it was Kittle and Warner, they were making a very public statement that these two guys are the leaders. Um, first off, the, this is the leader on offense. This is the leader on defense. Um, it wasn't a quarterback. So the, the quarterback does not run the team as far as leadership with the 49ers. So that was the first thing I took away from it. Second of all, the way that they answered questions was almost identical. They did everything like they said almost everything the same. That that is the one thing that I took from that. Yeah, was watching Kittle start off that interview, talking about the opportunities the organization has given him, and that it doesn't matter, you know, where you get drafted, all that. It's it's all about what you do with your opportunities, right? And then Fred Warner coming in right after that and echoing that set of it almost to a T. For me, it was like the here are the two faces of your franchise right now. Your tight end and your middle linebacker. Middle linebacker makes sense. Your tight end, kind of crazy, but it is what it is. Like that's just the reality of the situation. George Kill is that good. Both of them on the exact same page in terms of what this team is about, what this organization is about. For me, if I'm a 49ers fan and felt in any way whatsoever like unsure about the season, watching that interview should have quelled worries about where the locker room's heads at. Yeah, and it sets the tone because these guys are all about work, working hard, earning your position, um, and doing things the right way. And that is what is going to be echoed to these rookies and to these other players. So this was 100% a very nice thing to see. And I'm glad that they were the ones doing the interview. They're not going to have to worry about transition because the number one player on offense, even though from an outside perspective, it's always the quarterback and even on the field. But in the locker room, it's George Kittle. It used to be Joe Staley. I think a lot of people forget Joe Staley was the leader you know, in the clubhouse. He was the one that kept everything together. Now it's George Kittle. And this is a guy that leads by example, and he does things the right way. So he's going to make sure the offense always stays on the right track. And it also eases the transition from Jimmy Garoppolo to Trey Lance. Because Lance doesn't isn't expected to be the leader of the locker room in day one or to come in. And as soon as he takes the helm, be the leader, George Kittle is going to be that guy and he can ascend at his own pace and eventually take over. Well, this also now points to the fact that why George Kittle has been saying the things that George Kittle has been saying in the media, to the media, about Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. This is a guy who hasn't taken a side. He has a preference right now, obviously, and that's Jimmy, because he's worked with Jimmy, he's played with Jimmy, he knows what Jimmy can do, mm -hmm. but he's been talking up the young man because even he is aware that this is a business, folks. Yeah. It's a business, and at the end of the day, Trey Lance is going to be what's best for business. Yeah. He is going to be what's yeah, best for business in the long run. So Kittle building him up but not putting too much credence and stock in it yet because like like you said and like George Kittle said and Fred Warner both said in their discussion in their little interview about the state of the franchise, you got to earn your key. He's going to get his opportunities. He's going to have to earn it. As, yeah. as everyone in the WWE says, right? He's going to have to grab that brass ring. Yeah. And he's really smart at the way he handles it because yeah. – you want to give the young guy confidence and show that you support him without overdoing it to where you get a higher expectation than what is already on him. You don't want to inflate it so much that people on the outside think, oh my gosh, George Kittle said Trey Lance is unbelievable and they want to start putting words in George Kittle's mouth or assuming they know what he believes so that way they can build up Trey Lance and create an ultimate quarterback controversy, which they, they want. They're going to do that regardless. They're, they are, but <laughs> if the... The 49ers are careful about how they handle things, from sure. players to personnel. Um, the PR staff does a good job of making sure these guys are ready and able to handle it in a good way. So I like that. Now, the one thing I'll take away from Fred Warner and what he said was Fred Warner has a full grip on what is expected of the defense, what's expected of himself, sure. what he expects from D'Amico Ryans. 
And the 49ers have a full grip on what is going to be expected from Fred Warner moving forward. A contract extension is imminent. They're going to be talking. They're going to have this done before the 27th. I can tell you, I have a, a, a gut feeling about this because Fred is doing all the right things and the 49ers are putting Fred in the spotlight knowing full well he's going to be a free agent after the year. But they know, I believe, that they think they can get his signed. So they're probably not that far off as far as numbers-wise. They have a good idea. They have a little bit of base to work off of. And also they need to get it done before Leonard gets his contract done with the Colts. That's very true, right? If we're going to put, you don't want the Colts establishing and applying pressure to us in our front office and to Fred Warner. Because once Darius Leonard gets that contract signed, he's going to set the market. Yeah, And and they could set it ridiculously high if they really wanted to. Now, it's going to be harder for the Colts to do that because you have that Carson Wentz contract, especially down the road here in the next few years. That's going to eat up some of that salary. I know the Eagles took a lot of it, but the Colts still have a nice chunk they have to pay out as well. Uh, so the 49ers can be the ones who set that market, and they're going to want to set that market because you're not going to want to be hamstrung by another organization signing a middle linebacker and one of the premier middle linebackers in the league to a big contract. You're going to want to get out in front of that first, set that market, make it harder for every other team to keep their top prospect and the top linebacker, and just get out, get out ahead of it before someone does something crazy like the Raiders paying some Joe Schmo like $15 yeah. million. Yeah, and you don't want them to be able to jack up that salary and make us so we get priced out of getting Fred Warner back. Correct. We have an idea, just like we had with George Kittle. And if you notice, Kelsey came in just below George Kittle. And I think that what will happen is Warner will set the market, and then I think Leonard will get just a little bit more. But ultimately, that will work out for the 49ers. But the 49ers have shown now and proven to their players that this is how they're going to handle contract situations, is if you go about your business and handle things the right way, we're going to take care of you. And if we're not going to take care of you, we are going to let you know where you stand. That's why so many players came back in this offseason. John Lynch referred to this in his interview where he talked about all the free agents that they had that they were able to bring back and they were worried about it, was these players knew that if they had one year to reset their market until the market changed, they wanted to play in San Francisco. You don't do that unless you're very happy with the team, the organization, and how upfront this front office is with them. They have faith in the 49ers organization. That's why I laugh also when everyone talks about all the injuries all the time is these guys wouldn't come back if they thought it was a Kyle Shanahan culture problem that was causing the injuries, a practice thing, because they'd be worried about next year getting hurt. They would have went to another team. K1 Williams would have went to Kansas City where he knows he could have played in big games and showed off his skills and got a bigger contract next year. He chose to come back to San Francisco for a similar contract because he realizes that this team can show off his skill set and he trusts them to help him get a big payday in the future. Uh, I, I would say that the main reason too that, um, and Lou, I want to talk about your point here real quick. It, the main reason why some of the rookies haven't been signed yet is just negotiating still. They're trying to figure out what the base is going to, not the base, but what the signing bonus is going to be, if there's any incentives, things of that nature. So they're just trying to get those things ironed out and squared away. Um, they got until training camp starts. It's, it's still got some time. Yeah, and I think also they're trying to figure out what they're going to pay Fred Warner. That's the big thing. You're trying to work yeah. those numbers out and around. Because they might want to actually re-sign. They might want to actually have the contract extension with Fred Warner before they re-sign the rookies. Or they're looking at it and saying, we might need to restructure someone, a Jimmy Ward restructure or something like that to go ahead and fix it so they have the money. So what they're doing is leaving money available so that way they can make moves because if they sign their rookies now before training camp, which they ultimately don't have to, then they don't have the money in case they want to sign someone. Now they can sign someone and then figure out a way to make money for their rookies. If you don't have any money on the books, you can't sign someone. 
So you might as well just wait and, and hold out until you have to sign them. They'll get it all done before training camp. The rookies' wages are pretty much set. There's only little language things to work on, which I'm sure they're going to get ironed out way beforehand. And all this is going to be done deals, and they're going to get it done. And it's really nothing to worry about. Uh, I agree with you there. Uh, and back to the Fred Warner contract and just the, I guess, the as the talking heads would put it, the Fred Warner ordeal, right? This is an ordeal because it hasn't happened hashtag yet. Hashtag pay Fred Warner. Hashtag pay Fred. Or if Kenny were here, you know, hashtag trade Fred. Poor Kenny. Don't do that, Kenny. Uh, look, at the end of the day with Fred Warner's contract and what they want to do with it and what they're going to do with it, uh, we've always here, especially on the 49ers cutback, we felt that this is going to happen. It's going to get done before season even starts. Yeah. So 49ers fans, just take a deep breath because it's it's going to it's going to be finalized before we get into serious portions of training camp. They might come in day one and it's not officially there yet. I think you think it's going to be. It is. Uh, it may not be. It'll be done by the end of the first day. At the very at the very latest, because you're he's not going to want to push any further into training camp without that contract being done. The 49ers aren't going to trot this guy out there if they have no intention to re-sign this guy as a face of the franchise and the state of the franchise. They're not going to do that. They would have they could have very easily put Armstead out there, put a Bose out there. Yeah, right. They could have put Jason Verrett. I mean, they could have put a number of guys. Maybe it wouldn't have had the same impact as Fred Warner. But if you don't plan on keeping him around, you're not going to trot him out there as the face of the franchise. That would have been like them putting Jimmy out there for the state of the franchise mm-hmm. interview with with Fred Warner or with someone else. Like it just wouldn't make any it wouldn't make any sense because every 49ers fan would be like, "You're not going to be here long term. Why are you out here talking and discussing this?" George Kittle is. Fred Warner is going to be. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to panic. All going to be okay. Yeah, these are these are foundational pieces that you build on. And these are homegrown guys that they hit on in the draft. A third-round pick in Fred Warner, a fifth-round pick in George Kittle. So they are excited about what these guys are going to do. They're ultimately going to lock him up, and they're going to make sure that he's there. I do believe it's going to happen before training camp starts. They don't want to try him out. They don't want that hanging over his head. They don't want that hanging over their head. They're going to get it all worked out. I guarantee they've been working on this for months to get you know a good offer and a good starting point for them to work on. Fred Warner is got a similar personality to George Kittle in the fact that he believes he's earned a certain amount of amount of money and he should be paid for it, but he's not going to go just try to decimate the 49ers because he cares about the organization and cares about the people he works with and he wants to win football games. So he's not going to go in there and demand something too crazy. So they know they're going to be able to reach a, a happy medium where they can both feel okay with the contract and realize that we did the best for both of us and move forward. So that's why I don't worry about it because of who's negotiating because you got a very good player as far as he's not going to try to break the bank and you got a team that's not going to take advantage of him, but they're going to reward him for what he's done and what he's going to do for the franchise in the future. And that's going to be big, huge, gigantic things, folks. <laughs> it's going to be huge. Fred Warner is the man on defense. Uh, he's just incredible. Uh, Joey, had, Joey, yeah, Joey Mahoney had asked a little bit earlier too about your favorite WWE wrestler of all time. I figured we'd just quickly get this in before I completely forget about it because Joey... We will forget about it if we don't talk about it right now. And who's yours? Um, growing up as a as a kid, it was it was Hulk Hogan, of course. I think I grew up. You know, I grew up in the eighties, and he was hotbed. I actually started watching wrestling because of Mr. T, a huge oh. fan of the A Team, and then Mr. T was on WrestleMania one. And, I'm gonna kill you, fool! And all that, so I really jumped in. I think the first WrestleMania I watched live was WrestleMania two when he actually boxed Roddy Roddy Piper. I will say this though, going into the Attitude area. Attitude Era, my favorite wrestler became Triple H. That is my favorite wrestler to this day, even though he doesn't wrestle anymore. Triple H? I, I, I do like Triple H. So those are my two favorite. 
Um, as far as Hulk Hogan goes, if you go back and watch anything, I don't know how I liked him as a kid. He's a very dirty wrestler when he used to wrestle. He used to scratch people's backs, poke them in the eye, little cheap shots, um, foot to the eyes, and just rake them. He was a dirty, a dirty guy. Famously, 1992 Royal Rumble, he gets eliminated by uh, Sid Justice and then turns around and eliminates Sid Justice because he's upset that he got beat. Uh, it was fair, and sh he shouldn't have done it. But I never knew that actually Hogan, what, who's the hugest face of all time, was actually a heel the entire time. The entire it was. freaking time. Uh, me, myself, uh, it starts with the Macho Man Randy Savage, because that was the very first WWE anything that I owned, WWF at that time. Yeah. Uh, I had a nice little Macho Man Randy Savage doll. I used to jump off the, the top rope, which was my little Ninja Turtle chair, and drop like a bow it. on Mr. Randy Savage. Oh, yeah! Uh, and then uh, very shift, shifted away from wrestling, really, because I was so focused on sports and things going on with me. Uh, but I kind of came back around into wrestling uh, right around the time that Jericho was getting really popular. Yeah. Uh, and when John Cena kind of took over the scene. So you know how I am with the John Cena. I have since uh, Dr. Let's go with Dr. Thugonomic Cena. Uh, that was my favorite John Cena. Everything that has happened since then has kind of really, really upset me. And every time we see a John Cena sighting, you can tell these guys anytime he starts to look like he's turning heel, I start to mark out a little bit, and then I really quickly realize that he's never going to do that and get really, really sad. So uh, I would say definitely, though, for sure, Jericho and Cena in the newer kind of age and yeah. era. Back then, though, the Macho Man for sure. Macho Man was wonderful. He was. Dig it. You know, he was just <laughs> awesome. Um, and then I seen I like, got you for three minutes. I seen Gary say that uh, his high school coach was a destroyer. Which is awesome. Oh, dang. Um, and that brings me to my point that actually my high school coach, uh, my freshman year of high school football, the defensive coordinator was Ken Shamrock. That's accurate. Uh, back then he was fighting UFC and and mixed martial arts against. In fact, he quit. Well, not quit, but he had to take an absence from coaching about seven, eight weeks into the season um, because he was going to fight Dan Severin. Yep. So that was kind of the the hotbed of. of but I knew Ken Shamrock um, back then. He was very nice to me, but not nice to everyone. And he was he was kind of a, a big deal in our area at the time. Accurate. Uh, Joey, if you like The Rock, we know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> you should go back and watch some of our other older videos from this last season, all of our preview shows specifically. I, I think he did cut a promo as he, before, before the – when did he cut the promo? The Terramana promo. He did do that one. But he also did – didn't he do one as as The Rock? I'm pretty sure he did one as The Rock. It was hyping up one of the games. I can't remember exactly which one it was. Oh, it was uh, – was it the Super Bowl one? Oh, it Super could have been the Super Bowl one. We were just Super doing Bowl. our picks. Huh? Yeah. He, he came through with a, a Rock one hyping it up. Actually, I think that's our very first ever live stream. It could have been. It was our very first ever live stream. So go back into our live stream playlist. It should be the very first video there. Check that one out. He, yeah. had, a nice, uh, he had a nice rock impression. By yeah, he, he definitely is all about the rock. Um, I mean, I have him saved in my phone as rock, just just so everyone knows. It makes sense. Yeah. It he, makes sense. He's been he doing it since the rock became – I mean, that's his guy. That's been his guy. Literally. He was guy. also a Hogan fan before that. But I think that's a natural transition for a lot of people was Hogan to rock. Um, some people went Hogan to Austin. I went Hogan to Triple H. I like being the contrarian. And also, I kind of have a little heel tendency at times. Just a smidge. Yeah. Just a smidge he does. Uh, Megan is not going to post that under no circumstances will she post the little two-year-old Alex dropping the elbow on Macho Man Randy Savage. I like that. Ant has seen that video. Yeah, I have. But no one else will. Sorry. <laughs> you have to go behind the paywall in order to see that video. <laughs> that's the fourth wall for sure. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, and yes, yes, Megan had said earlier, check out the new merch if you haven't already. If you were late to the stream, 
I will flip over to the other screen so you can see it. There it is right there, the URL up above. Go check out the merch store. It's also in the link in the description down below, so you can just straight click that, copy, paste it over, and go check that out. Yeah. Got a lot of cool stuff for you, uh, including some NWO-themed Cutback Crew shirts. <laughs> that is true. Caleb asked for it, and yeah, I took care of business for him. Man, it's asking you shall receive here yeah. on the 49ers Cutback. You're so welcome, Cutback Crew. We Ooh. love you so much. That's what I always say. If people come up with great ideas, I am all for it, so... And Caleb, when are we going to be opening your gift on stream? I know you said you finally got your bubble wrap <laughs> container to ship it, but it's not here still. I don't I don't know what you're doing. Are we setting too high a standards for what this is ultimately going to be? I mean, we're hyping this thing up. This is like the second or third live stream in a row that we've hyped this up, and, and it's still not here. And Caleb, I'm just, I'm just saying, I think everyone, I hope we're not disappointed. <laughs> we'll probably be disappointed. It's okay. I, I'm just glad. I'm just happy you're sending us something. We just got, that's extra content for us, and you know, we love that. We love to see that. Um. I'll tell you what, too. The other thing that I'm really excited to talk about and, and to announce, and I hadn't told you this yet, we're not announcing anything yet, but for those of you interested in fantasy football and interested in joining a 49ers Cutback Fantasy Football League run by us here at the Cutback, uh, you're going to need to download the Sleeper app. That's all I will tell you right now. It is going to be on the Sleeper app that is in the Google Play Store iOS. Sleeper app is what you're going to want to download. Create your account. Get it all set up because when the time comes and we go live, that's the way that you're going to play is using that sleeper app. So go ahead and download that today if you haven't already. And we'll try and throw that in the link in the comment in the comment section here in a little bit as well. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun too. Oh, yeah. Um, fantasy is, I know, is what everyone likes to do and it's exciting. Thank you. And, you know, we're going to get we're going to get into it. We're going to have some fun with all the people that uh, want to join and, and be a part of it. There's going to be a lot of fun conversations and and competition going there. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens uh, with that fantasy. Alex has done a good job of trying to locate the best, you know, hosting and the best situation for everyone so they can have the best time. And so that's going to be exciting. Yeah, because at the end of the day for me with, with this and the fantasy football is we want to be able to provide you guys with an all-in-one a space, an all-inclusive space where you can do everything that you want to do on one platform. So you want to be able to just chat and talk. You can do that there. You want to share ideas, that's fine. You want to trash talk. There'll be a section and an opportunity to do that as well. Um, you know, it's got everything built in that you need. It's it's like a literally, it's like a mix of, mixture of Yahoo Fantasy Football as well as Discord. All in one location. It's really unique. It's really different. Uh, and shout out to my boy, Alan, for, for hooking me up with that because I joined his fantasy league and that's what he was using. And he kind of gave me the 401 and the rundown on it. And I took a look at it, played around with it for a week or two and was like, this is where it's going to be. This is where we're hosting it. This is where we're going to do it. So it's going to be a lot of fun when the time comes. Yes, it is going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for that. Um, the other thing I can't wait for, and I think the anticipation has been building kind of, especially the, I think the state of the franchise kind of put me a little bit over the edge as far as building is just to training camp almost getting here. Oh, it's so cool. The, the excitement of you, re, I mean, you realize it's almost here. This is July is the last month. We don't have a 49ers football game for the end until the end of the year. That's true. All the way through, we're going to get 49ers football every month beyond this. And I think I can feel the excitement starting to rise. And I think that I'm really looking forward to what is going to happen. And there's so many still open questions and open things that we need to talk about as far as 49ers go. We've been having a lot of fun with our breakdown videos. We've really so been so much, so much fun. Yeah, getting into, you know, talking about the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, and the wide receivers video sparked a lot of interest. And a lot of people have been talking about the different guys that are going to make the team. I am curious what people have, have thought about that. And what is the most, I guess, the position they're most looking forward to seeing in training camp? 
because I know for me, wide receiver is one of them. I know everyone wants to see the quarterback because of Trey, but what other positions besides wide receiver is something where someone and something exciting that they want to see? Yeah, that's that's going to be a, a big one. And chat, you should let us know right now if there's any positions that you're super, super excited about. Um, because, yeah, wide receiver position, definitely 100% is one. Uh, O-line, definitely a big one, mm. excited, exciting one. Uh, and again, there's one that I feel everyone's sleeping on. That's the D-line, man. Because I think that I think everyone views the D-line in the scope of like four guys, right? You have your Bosa, you have your Kinlaw, uh, you have your Ebucom, and you have your Ford. I think those are the four people that are on everyone's minds constantly. Uh, and we saw some people here in the chat earlier, right? Armstead, nah, blah, rather have Buckner, can't have Buckner, no one wants to talk about him. I feel this D-line is like eight or nine guys deep that you could really, really talk about and dive into. Um, and, and I feel these eight or nine guys are just huge. They do so many things. Um, it's just there's so many different ways you can use them. There's so many different ways to put them together and, con- and to construct a group of four guys to go out there and rush the passer, stop the run, interior, outside zones. You could put a host of different guys out there to accomplish it. I'm just super excited to see what they do. I could argue that it's 11. It, there is an argument for 11. There I mean, really is. When you, when you look at that defensive line, it is absolutely stacked. And they did such a good job of improving it. I would say from, because I, I believe they're going to keep 9 or 10. I'll say 10. I believe from 1 to 10, this is a more talented defensive line than we had in 2019. And think about how dominant that defensive line was. And now we're going to go ahead and say that this one is better than that. So, I mean, I don't know. Do you disagree or do you think that you you believe the same way? No, that's kind of where I'm at. I I said nine because for me it's like I don't know who that 10th guy is going to kind of be, that 10th guy is going to be. But, man, that's that's just what it feels like. It feels like they this, this group is just – it's going to be the deepest it's ever been, right? And we could say – that's saying a lot because yeah. last year it was pretty deep. All the injuries that went down, this D-line still – it didn't perform at the same level, but it still performed and did a fairly good job. Not so much against the run, but did a pretty good job in other places and other areas. Um, it's deeper. It is. It's even deeper, which is just crazy to think about. And I still, I still see, I keep seeing fans talking about the loss of Kerry Hyder and that them feeling like that's a, a big deal and a big, huge problem for the 49ers. And I really think that they're sleeping on Ebucom. And you know what? The article came out this week about Ebucom and how much he's impressed and how, how great he's looked so far and how impressed the teammates are with him. Get ready, folks. Get ready. Because this dude is going to be huge for this defense. And you're going to be all, you're all going to be saying, Kerry who by the end of the season. You're not going to miss Kerry Hyder after this year. No one is going to miss Kerry Hyder. In fact, Seattle is going to be wishing that they hadn't signed Kerry Hyder after this year because he's only produced with Kisarek. That's true. That's it. He's only ever done well and had numbers and put up stats when playing with Chris Kisarek. Listen, could have all just been a fluke, right? Could have just, just so happened that he stayed healthy at, and played his best at the same time that he was playing for Chris Kisarek. That very well could be the case. I don't buy it, though. I don't buy it for a second. Because when Chris Kacarek's not around, he hasn't shown it. Yeah. And I, I, I'm sorry. Jadavion Clowney didn't... Not Jadavion Clowney. Uh, Carlos Dunlap didn't blow anyone away last year going to Seattle. Well, they have a different defensive system. 100%. Different defensive line setup, different defensive line coach. It, it's just not what they do. I'll tell you the other thing that's understated that people aren't talking about with Ebucom, because you know I said he's going to have nine sacks this year. He has said that. Folks, um, that is on the record. Yeah. Is Daryl Tapp. Daryl oh, Tapp yeah. is able to 
you know, talk to these guys about how exactly he played that outside position. This is a guy that literally did what they did, and he did it at a high level. So Daryl Tapp is going to be huge for Ebucom. He's going to be huge for D Ford. Uh, 100% these outside edge rushers are going to be better. Um, as far as some of the other positions, i seen Caleb was talking about the running backs. That is a good point because you have a lot of good battles there. And I think Mostert has a chip on his shoulder. Oh, yeah. I, I think Mostert, he's one of those guys that gets the rabbit ears, and he's listening to what everyone's saying, and people are, he, he shouldn't touch the ball more than 10 times. Trey Sermon. Yes, yeah. Trey Sermon. Oh, that. yeah, he, he's not a bell cow. He can't carry the He's going to be heated, and he's going to be ready to go. I can't wait to see it because he's electric. If he's a fired-up Raheem Mostert and he stays healthy, and he had so much going on in his life last year, he had to leave his wife behind, pregnant, taking care of their kid. It's a lot, man. A lot. That's and a all lot. he could do was FaceTime mentally that toll that it had on him. Oh, and that's good. To, that, that That is going to also physically chip away at you as well. Because Easy. Because there's going to be nights where you're, you're not going to be able to sleep. You're going to want to talk to your wife. You're not going to be able to. I mean, that that's going to eventually physically take its toll on you because you're not going to get the sleep you want. It's not the same type of sleep. Uh, it leads to anxiety, right? Insomnia. You're staying up, staying up late, a little bit later than you probably should. Your body's not able to recover as well as you want it to. Uh, it can it can take it can take its toll on a person mentally, and eventually that's going to take its toll physically. Yeah, that's not going to happen this year. No, and there's a lot of exciting running backs. Yeah, I want to see what Elijah Mitchell can do uh, catching the ball in the backfield. I want to see if Jamichael Hasty is going to rise to the occasion and try to beat these guys out. Is Wayne Gallman going to actually shine in this yes. offense? Yes, yes, Wayne Gallman is. He is going to. I the more I watch this film, the more I believe he's going to not only make this team, but he's going to make an impact on this team. I did. I did see something interesting. I saw Joey Mahoney said Arden Key will have ten sacks. Uh, that's that's bold. That's bold. I want to play the wow. That's bold theme just for you there, Joey. That's a lot of sacks. That, that is a lot of sacks. I mean, Arden Key's talented. I see him more as a run stopping presence right now. I feel he's better better in that sense because of the the speed and the athleticism, being able to set the edge. He does a fairly good job of that. I feel like he he's better utilized right now in that type of role. Than as a pass rusher. I just don't know how many snaps he's going to get. That's the problem. Um, if, if I knew he was going to get consistent snaps, I could say he was going to get more. I would say you're looking at Key getting four, three to four. That's not a bad if number. He's get, no, it's not a bad number for a rotational defensive end. I would, honestly, that would help him. Honestly, a, a three or four sack season for Arden Key is going to get him signed somewhere else next year. Yeah. And, and, a, and a decent contract and an opportunity to start somewhere else next year. Honestly, a guy like Arden Key, especially... I think being in San Francisco and working with a guy like Chris Kassarik and Daryl Tapp is just going to do wonders for his career. Yeah. It's just going to do wonders for him, technique-wise, because that's his big thing right now and his big knock is the technique. The things he can do, the things he can't do, the way he plays. He plays a little high at times. Uh, our hand placement it ne isn't necessarily the best. He is going to thrive and shine in San Francisco in developing. Yeah. He's not going to look like the same player at the end of this season. Uh, and he's, if it's able to translate on the field, and I have every reason to believe it will because some of the names that the Niners had last year, the Kevin Givens of the Worlds, right? The, the Ziggy Ansah is the one game that he played. These guys actually looked better than the last time I had saw them play and got better as the season progressed, especially Kevin Givens. Arden Key has more talent, like natural talent, physical athleticism in his body than Kevin Givens does. He's got the size, speed, long arms, things of that nature. Those all, those all bode in his favor. Now you pair him up with a guy like Chris Kacerik, right? Sky's the limit for his potential and what he could be. He might finally get finally get the coaching necessary to take him over the top. Yeah, and when you're watching their film, the questions are always, why is this t talent not showing up on the field? 
And the first thing I always look for is hustle. Is it going to be hustle? The one thing we saw when we were breaking down the defensive linemen in our breakdown video, the Gold Rush video, was that Key and Hurst hustled to everything. So it's not because they didn't hustle. So right away when you see that, you realize it's probably a technique issue. And watching their film, it was a technique issue. It was also a stylistic difference between what they should be doing and what the Raiders' defensive line actually is taught to do. This was the same thing that I used to talk about with Jim Tomasula. Jim Tomasula's defense was predicated on the bull rush and just driving people back. And when he had Justin Smith and he had Isaac Sopawaga and he had those kind of guys, they would get a push. Eventually, they had to change it up because once he lost those guys, he wasn't as good of a coach. And now he went to Dallas and he wasn't successful because the way that he coaches doesn't translate to how the NFL needs to be now. And that is one big thing that Chris Kacarek is on the cutting edge of how a defensive line is supposed to operate in the NFL. Uh, coach, that's a good point there. Coach Timo, that's a great point, is that Key might not get on the field, and we had just brought that up and talked about that. Um, there's just a lot of talent, especially yeah. if, if you have D. Ford healthy and playing, Ebucom, Bosa, there's not a lot of snaps to go around there. No. But there is an opportunity for three to four, oper- three or four sacks or, oper- again, five, ten percent of your snaps out there in which he could go out there and have an impact on the field. The question is, is where the 49ers comfortable with him? If they're comfortable with him in rundown situations, don't see that you won't end up seeing a lot of sack numbers for him. They feel he's a better run stopping opportunity guy, or is it those occasional passing situations, second second and longs, where you're gonna try and get a quick break for a guy like Bosa here or a quick break for D Ford or something like that. He has an opportunity to go out there and get a pass rush going. Who knows? Yeah, I think he's on the second rotation. He comes in and lets those guys go out, and D Ford's not going to be in a rotation because he's only going to use be used sparingly. So he is going to get on the field, but you're thinking more of the Ronald Blair style of role for him, but still cut it back because I still don't think he's going to get on the field as much as Blair ultimately did in 2019. So you have to scale it back, but he's got a lot of potential. I think he can be a good pass rusher. He was a good pass rusher in college. Absolutely was. And, and I think Chris Kassarek can unlock it. Him being in the wide nine will help. Um, but I do feel confident if Eric Armstead needs to be out on first and second down to get a break, Arden Key can go in there and hold down one side of the defense. So that is at least something that is an improvement. Last year, we were struggling in that area. This year, we're not struggling in that area. 100%. 100%. Are you oh reading goodness. something? I don't, know. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. We're talking about weddings in the chat. Jesus, oh, gee, Merry Christmas, Okay, folks. Come on, Megan. Come yeah. on, Megan. Not the time. Not the time. Um, but no, yeah. Depth, baby, depth, Gary, 100% right. Depth is the key here. And that's yeah. what this, this D-line has is depth. And it's not just the D-line. The O-line is deeper than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. The quarterback room, deeper than it's ever been. Linebacking core. Well, if you include some of the safeties, potentially, yeah. deeper than it's ever been in terms of potentiality there, right? Um, O-line, D-line, running back room, all of them are deep. There's a lot of talent everywhere. You know, Horse says it all the time, iron sharpens iron. That's been the whole message and the whole theme. And then Fred Warner and George Kittle came out and quadrupled down on that with the things that they said in their interview and in the discussion of the state of the franchise, right? This team is all about you being given opportunities and you making the most of your opportunities, which means they're going to bring in the best that they can possibly bring in for you to go out and compete against one another and show what you can add and what you can bring to the table. And the more you show, the more chances you get, and the more you make of those chances, better opportunity for you to get out there and play and make a living in the NFL. 
Yeah, there's going to be a lot of fun stuff to see. And these, the talent that they've been able to put together on offense and defense, just going against each other is going to be exciting to watch. Um, because they talked, I don't know if you saw that with the George Kittle and Fred Warner interview when they were talking about the first time they met up on the field. Warner remembers it one way, and George Kittle remembers it completely different. And George says, hey, if you want to see the film, we can go watch that. <laughs> is But that is that competition, right? Ronnie Lott used to have that competition with Joe Montana Absolutely. as far as like, we're going to try to stop you. There is a competition on offense and defense, which also makes you better. I mean, Jimmy Ward famously today, I, I think he was on our SF Niners. I'm not 100%. Um, but he was saying that Mostert thinks he could outrun everyone, but he could he could get to Mostert. He could stop him. He all the angles. He could get he can get down on him before he tries to run him over. So there is a friendly competition, and that's what's going to make you better. That's what I like about this team. They got guys, and they bring guys in that don't just like football. They love football. They're maniacal about football. This is what they want to do. They eat, sleep, maniacal. breathe football and when you get those guys that's why it scared me when we were talking about um what's his name that went to jacksonville the quarterback as went blank on his name number one pick oh lawrence lawrence i went blank on his name <laughs> that's what that's what made me nuts about him saying that he didn't need football is because that right there makes your as a as a football coach what what, what do you mean you don't need football uh, yeah, if you're gonna say that Fourteen years into your career, like you know, I could give up football. I'm okay with that because you're looking at the end. When you're saying that coming to week one or year one, that scares me. So they're getting guys that are all about football, and that's why they get almost a hundred percent of people that show up for OTAs. Yeah, and, and that's what you want as a coach, especially. You want your your guys all being there. And Fort Niners might have thank you for that, Joey Mahoney. It is Talanoa Hufanga, uh, and we talked about him a little. We talked about him a little bit, and we got a safeties video that's coming out that will talk about him a little bit more yeah. and go into detail about Talanoa Hufanga a little bit more. Um, like what he does, especially in the run game, in the box as a safety, he's a big hitter, right? I'm not as worried about him so much going up against maybe some slower tight ends, but we do have some concerns with him in regards to footwork and stuff like that, but you're going to want to check out that video. That video is coming out in a couple of days. Yeah, exactly. Talanoa Fonga, we have some ideas about how Talanoa Fonga can be used. And I think a lot of people are kind of getting on board with that thought process. The safeties for the 49ers is an interesting topic. I know a lot of people don't like talking about the safeties. We've kind of found that out, that safety is not a hotbed of, of conversation. Um, but to us, it's very pivotal in what the 49ers defense does. And I think even more so in what D'Amico Ryans is going to do with it. He's going to revolutionize this defense as far as He's going to bring guys from places you didn't know they could come from. And the coverages are going to change. They ran more quarters last year than they've ever ran. They're going to run cover six. They're going to run cover three, as they always do. And then man on goal line and third downs to get off the field. They weren't able to do that a lot of times when they had Richard Sherman on the field. So things are changing. The 49ers defense is changing. And the 49ers are, uh, is going to do a very good job personnel-wise. That's why they went and got Tony Jefferson. They went and got some of these other guys to make sure that they got the guys they need to be able to make an impact on the team. 100%. And hit that like button right now. Make sure you're subscribed if you have not hit that subscribe button already because we're going to have not just a discussion, but film that goes along with all of this on yeah. the safety videos coming out uh, and shows why they made some of the moves that they've made because Tony Jefferson especially is a guy they can use in a lot of different ways. Whiskey Tart has been used in a lot of different ways. You're not going to want to miss that episode. So make sure you're subscribed if you haven't already and hit that notification bell. That way you're notified as soon as that video goes up. And you can be here in the comment section with us, with the two of us, talking it up with the Cutback crew right over here, who's been keeping chat live all day. 
Yep. The whole chat. They were here super. Caleb was here a day early. He was. He was chilling in chat a whole day early. All right. This cutback crew is live. They're ready to go 24 7, 365. Yeah. And that's how we like it. We like all the good conversations. We like the passionate views. Um, Joey Mahoney saying that safeties need to get INTs. And I know this is a big. A big thing is that the safeties need to create turnovers. True. Um, some of that is true. I some mean, they, they do need to create turnovers. They also have to have opportunities to create turnovers. Last year, the 49ers defensive line was injured, hurt, and players had opportunities to get the ball down the field. The secondary held up, but the safety position was a little shaky at times. Uh, Jimmy Ward played very good, and then Tart was hurt. Tarverius Moore played at average at best. Um, and I, I wish we could have had Tarverius more for the whole season this year because I think he you know, could have made a big impact. But uh, it's going to be curious how that safety room uh, shakes out. And I think they are going to cause more turnovers because we talk about in our safety video that maybe a couple of these guys are turnover magnets. They are. There's a, there's a few that are, folks, and you're not going to want to miss any of that um, because it is a wonderful conversation and it's a great conversation. Um, but no, I mean, listen, at the, at the end of the day, right, this 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 team in general and the way it's built and the state of the franchise kind of especially with, with with what Warner and what Kittle were talking about for me it kind of sums up the direction where this team is going. Um, this team is in the right direction. It's going in the right direction. The future is bright in San Francisco. You have the right young pieces in. You have the right leaders in place who understand what the culture is and what this team is built upon and what it's designed to be. Um, and you have a coaching staff and a general manager who are on the same page. That is something that is completely understated for 49ers for 49ers fans and also for just fans around the league. It is very, very hard, hard to have your head coach and your general manager on the same page, understanding what the team is, the identity of the team is, and the culture of the team and what is needed, what types of pieces are needed in order to keep this thing going in the same direction. I think you see a lot of just fluidity too as it goes throughout the organization the way that all these guys work together from the very top from jed york all the way down it seems like they all have the same vision like once that the vision has been expressed to them they all handle it in the same way we you don't get that in a lot of organizations the way that they're handling the whole offseason and the transition from jimmy garoppolo to trey lance can't be understated this is those transitional periods i don't think they expected it to happen yet I think they originally, when they got Jimmy Garoppolo signed, they thought this was going to happen, you know, when, when Jimmy Garoppolo was 34, 35 years old. And that's not the way it worked. But they're handling it the way that they should. They handled the, the offseason, you know, with the, the COVID, with the money going down in a huge way. They were able to scrap their plans and reevaluate what they needed to do to bring the players back that they most needed and coveted to bring back. They had to change all their plans. And yet we're still sitting here talking about how they're one of the best and deepest rosters in the NFL. These guys should get high marks for everything they do. They are hitting it out of the park. I think if me and you were going to give a state of the franchise ourselves, we would say not only are the 49ers on the right track this season, they've built something great for this season, but they're doing a great job of building something in the future that can be sustainable, that 49ers fans can be happy that they can win from year to year to year, and that we can be competitive now in a long stretch and not just have a few years of you know being competitive and then it fall off, but it can continue for years to come. That's, yeah, 100% accurate right there. It can't be stated any better and any clean, cleaner or clearer than that. 
This team is set up for long-term longevity success. It's not set up for this year's success. It's not set up for next year's success. It's set up for the next 10 years of success. The 49ers have done all the things you've just stated. Um, and one of the more underappreciated things that this 49ers front office has done is keep players happy as well. Mm-hmm. You've restructured guys and restructured players and still found a way to keep them engaged and wanting to be a part of this team. The D Ford restructuring, he could have been very selfish. The 49ers have done a really good job of taking care of D Ford and restructuring him so that not only does he still get his money and get paid, but that he wants to do it in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Restructuring Lincoln Tomlinson, not pissing him off and him wanting out or not wanting to be a part of this organization of this team. Restructuring Weston Richburg and then Weston Richburg happily retiring and sailing off into the sunset of 49er. All of those things are huge. The Trent Williams deal, which people are going crazy over that. I mean, it is a steal for the 49ers because if at any point he drops off before yeah. year three, I mean, you, you get out of that deal scot-free without having to eat a huge cap number, right? The Jimmy Garoppolo deal, as much as people hate it, it's huge because the Niners can get out of it next year and save $25 million. They can get out of it this year if they really, really wanted to. Neither one of us thinks that's going to happen, but they can do it. So the 49ers have done a great job of setting themselves up and giving them avenues, right? Giving themselves avenues to create more opportunities to sign players, to extend players, to go out and get new players, create opportunities to trade for draft capital, whatever that may be. The 49ers have addressed all of those things. I know I hear all the time the talk about the Armstead-Buckner debacle. We're paying Armstead $20 million. Buckner's only getting 23 Look, folks, at the end of the day, if that's the worst contract that Lynch and Shanahan have pulled off or signed, or however you want to call it, if that's the worst thing that's ever happened, I'll take that. Because there are much worse things than having to pay Eric Armstead $20 million over four years. Well, I think the thing that we also need to remember with that is Armstead was a free agent. Yes. You are not going to be able to trade him and get anything back. Mm -mm. Buckner, you could trade and get a first-round pick that would turn into Javon Kinlaw. So you save $3 million a year. You're able to still bring back a piece that you find pivotal, but also pair him with a player that is a legit beast of a player in Kinlaw. Now you got Armstead and Kinlaw instead of just having Buckner. That was your choices. How many people, after this year especially, this year is going to prove it because Armstead is going to have a bounce-back year, and then Kinlaw is going to break out. These two guys together, you're going to be able to be like, uh-oh, they are going to produce at a far higher clip than just Buckner would have. What would people rather have, Kinlaw and Armstead or just Buckner? And I think you, everyone's going to, especially after this year, say Armstead and Kinlaw. That's that's the big thing. And that's the thing, that is something that 49ers fans don't think about is you could have done the same exact thing and just traded Armstead. You really, you really couldn't have. It was literally an impossibility. They talked about an Armstead trade, and I believe the highest pick that they were offered was a third round pick. Yeah, and so look at the end of the day, right? You down, you downgrade, but the downgrade is Buckner right now. If Kinlaw develops and becomes the player we all think he's going to be, as much as you're going to still miss Buckner. That Buckner, that Buckner miss isn't as big because you right. now have Kinlaw and Armstead, like you just said. Um, at the end of the day, it was the best possible decision that Irish could make in that moment to make sure that the, the D-line was stout and a dominant force for years to come. Yes. For years to come, because you have Kinlaw now in a rookie deal for the next four to five years. And one of the things they did, too, was they strengthened the defense in the interior as far as stopping the run. 
because Buckner wasn't the best run stopper. He was good. Great, great against pass. Good, great in pass not sense, great. Yeah. Kinlaw is going to be great against the run. And and, and still has the potential and to be great in, in the pass. In the pass. He has a lot of ways to go, but yes, but you can get the production in the pass game by moving Armstead inside. Absolutely. So they've done a very good job of figuring out how to diversify and still get the production that they needed from that one that from that position. 100%. 100%. If yeah. 49ers minded, yes, that we've been saying that for literally we basically were saying that the whole season. He's not playing in position. People need to lay off Armstead. Yeah. He's really just taken taking a bullet for the team and he did. Uh, if you watched our Armstead breakdown, we talked about it and showed it. If you watched our Gold Rush episode and our Gold Rush video, we went even more in depth on Armstead there. Um this guy is the epitome of a team player. He is. And he gets a lot of flack from 49ers fans, and you really you really hate to see it because he has put this team first every step of the way. It's be They would love him if it wouldn't have been the choice between him and Buck. Correct. Because we all love Buck. I mean, that's a true statement. When they traded Buck, I was like, oh, man. But once I really thought about it, in fact, I had this exact conversation with Thanos on the Twitter, was the whole understanding of why they had to do it. Once I understood why it it, ha- it was the only move they could make. It, it was, was the, logical. It was the best. It was the best move available at a time where like even like even now, right? Knowing what we know about COVID, that would have been the best move because you save an additional $3 million a year. Yeah. And you got an, an additional player. Like if you knew COVID was coming, it, you, you make that move. No question. But the, Everyone thinks it's Madden, right? You can just sign these guys, extend them, and then I can go into the create mode, go into go into the edit player, and just maybe take a couple million off the contract this year, and you know, extend a fifth year, and that pushes some money out further. It's not. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Like you can't just go to a trade simulator and be like, "Hey, this team, you want this guy that saves me ten million in cap space this year? Like, do you want for a second round pick? It doesn't work that way." A lot of the, it's not just about whether or not a player, what their talent level is. It's about system fit as well. It is. Teams are going to take guys and take a chance on guys and pay a little bit more if he's a system fit. Uh, the Colts needed the pass rush. They needed more help with their secondary and with the linebacking core. Bringing in a guy like Buckner made sense. He was going to help their pass rush out. You could spend a first round. You weren't going to get that caliber of pass rusher in the draft with the pick that they had, which is why they gave it up. And what did the 49ers do? They didn't go out and grab an elite pass rusher, right? They went and got themselves a guy who could help them shore up the run game and had potential as a pass rusher. That's what you were going to get. We didn't need as much help there because why? You have the two guys on the edge that you have. You don't need necessarily the great pass rush up the middle because you can get by with guys like Armstead. You can get by with a young rookie and DJ Jones as well. Let's not forget about this man because we didn't even mention his name. He's also lights out. Um, you can get by doing those things with these guys. You don't need an elite pass rusher right now, and you can save up the money for the moves that you're going to have to make down the road. Yeah, and everyone just buckle in with Armstead. He's going to be here for a couple more years. I mean, and I think he's going to be good for a couple well, years. Well, that's the way that the contract works, you know. And every time I see someone say like, you know, you know, from the media that oh, we need to trade Armstead today, I'm just like, no, you can't. Financially, it makes no sense. It's irresponsible. Um, I seen Parag be brought up, and Parag is 100% huge for the 49ers. He's fantastic. He works out these contracts in a specific way, and they have a certain plan, right? They want guys to come off the books at a certain time. They want to be able to be free from guys at a certain time, not only when they believe that they can optimize on what the salary, is go- salary cap is going to be, but also when they believe a maybe a 
dip in production is coming because of age or whatever that they see. Or maybe again, yeah. there's a long there's things that we're not even thinking about, right? Like there's things like a shift in the defense. If they really truly believe that Danico Ryan's is going to be this great defensive coordinator, they may be thinking in about two to three seasons that he may be gone. He may be getting his first head coaching. I think gig. he will be gone. I, I agree with you there. He may be getting his first head coaching gig, which means you're bringing in another new name and another new piece, a new face. And maybe you have a plan in the next three years. You want to be able to get off certain guys' contracts and get off guys because, like you just said, now there's a new plan in place. Maybe yeah. you want to shift the defense and change what we've been doing and do go a little bit more this direction and put a little more emphasis on the offense. I think they do have a plan. And I think it's a long, a long plan that they've been working on for years. And they had a little bit of a hiccup, and they've they've now had to adjust. But they know exactly when they want certain guys to come off the books, um, barring a huge production year, or they're still playing at a high high level. They would decide to keep them. But everything is placed and put in in spots where they can be successful and where they can keep this team together for a long time. They've done a good job of putting this together. Parag with you know Lynch working together, also Adam Peters scouting, which can't be understated how great he is in scouting Absolutely. department. He's fantastic. They have done a good job of putting this together and building a a very good uh, team that is going to be competitive, man. And I'm excited about it. I, I'm really excited about this season. I was excited for last year, but it was more of a excitement because I was ticked off from the Super Bowl. This time I'm excited, kind of like I am, was in 2019, where I was like, oh my gosh, we got this guy, this guy, this guy. This team is going to look good. And you start thinking about the possibilities. And it's exciting to think about the possibilities, especially going into training camp in the season. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it just can't get here soon enough. I mean, at this point, both of us are sitting here going, can we just, can we just get on with this, please? Just get me to training camp. Give me the first preseason game. Let's just get this team on the field. I want to see them in pads. I want to see the young guys playing. I want to see the depth pieces playing. You know, I want to see them. What I want to see what this new D'Amico Ryan's defense looks like, right? I want to see the weapons in the offense. We're gonna have to wait a little bit for that. But, man, I cannot wait to see Jalen Hurd get on the field. I cannot wait to see Muhammad Sanu in this offense a year removed from the Achilles. Uh, there's just so many storylines to talk about. I can't keep them straight in my head. Really can't. Yeah, you know, as far as uh, Jalen Hurd goes, I, I have to admit when the New Jerseys came out, I did look to see if they had a 14 yet. They did not. Um, they did not actually release all the players in the throwbacks, only a limited amount. Okay. It was like, and so I did think about getting a Debo. But I'm really holding out for this jersey to be Jalen Hurd. That's the next one I'm buying. So August comes around sometime in August. I'm buying the Jalen Hurd jersey. If they could have it in the throwback 49ers, I'd really appreciate that. Let's get on that. So that way I could get this jersey because it, NFL, it's, you heard the man. it's happening. I want this to happen. And yes, Jalen Hurd is going to tear it up this year. And I'm all in on it. I'm gonna I'm gonna plant the the Bosa flag. Boom. On the Jalen Hurd train? Oh, yeah. It's the Jalen Hurd time, man. It's Jalen Hurd time. Jalen Hurd train here on the 49ers Cutback, especially when Ant is talking Jalen Hurd because once you get him to go, get him going, he just won't stop, folks. Yep. He just won't stop. Yep. It's like a Rubik's Cube of possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> a Rubik's Cube of possibilities is absolutely incredible. And I really like that. I've seen Jag say, what's up? Hey, Jag, how's it going? Absolutely. Um, You know what? Joey had brought up a question earlier. Okay. He said, you know, hey, is there a chance like I could come on the show? You know what? There might just be. And you know what that is, though? Through our Madden League and through our Fantasy Football League. At first, yes. You join those. If you want to be a part of those, and we'll be putting out a Google form for everyone to sign up potentially here, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, um, you'll have an opportunity uh, because we are going to want to feature people and feature games and feature matchups from our Fantasy Football League as well as our Madden League each and every week here on the 49ers Cutback. So 
If you want to be a part of the channel and join the channel and partake in 49ers conversation, because we can talk more than just football, when, fantasy football and Madden when you're on, but when you're on, that's going to be the best way for you, yeah. the Cutback crew, to get in on the action here on the 49ers Cutback. Yeah, and I think everyone knows that we are working on a, a detailed plan. Like Absolutely. We have planned this out, just like the 49ers have done in the front office, planning for the future. We have done a detailed plan of how we're rolling out things, and that's why the store dropped, and everything's working in order. And one of the things we're eventually going to get to is where we do Zooms and, and, and live call-in sessions. Those are not here yet, but when they are, we can guarantee that we'll get as many of you on as we can, and it'll be a lot of fun. But we're waiting to do that until we have the infrastructure in place and build it the way we want it done so we can do it at a high level. And that way it's not, there's no no glitches, no bugs. We do it good, and that way everyone can be excited, and we can just you know hit the ground running. So it will come. Just be patient with us a little bit as we un- unveil and unroll out our plan. Absolutely. Absolutely, folks. It's going to be great. It's going to be great when the it time is. comes. Because like I said, like you just pointed out, um, we're going to do everything at a high clip. So we're going to make it so that it's high quality. Yeah. And, and fun. And that, you know, we have the things and pieces in place so that you feel good about what you're doing and what you're taking part of. Because at the end of the day, that's what we want. Um, you know, a lot of you have commented already tonight and talked about how great the store looks. Wouldn't have happened if Ant didn't doesn't put in the work that he puts in, you know, if we don't discuss ideas and things like that for shirts, how we want it to implement, how we want it yeah. to look. Um, and Ant doesn't execute that vision. Ant has done a great job at executing it. Uh, and you've seen, you've seen what the fruits of those labors are. It is glorious. It is wonderful. Um, and all of you feed into that too as well. Yeah, do, for um, sure. Caleb has given the shirt idea. I mean, one of the shirts in the store is from a Cutback Crew member. Mm-hmm. So the more you interact, the more things you do with us here on the channel, the more things are going to come out that are cutback crew inspired, cutback crew centered. Because at the end of the day, uh, this is a community. It isn't, it, is. it isn't just you know a few guys up here talking to you about 49ers football. Uh, it's all of us. We're all in, we're all in this together. Yeah, and one of the first things when we were putting out videos was I remember the requests were, "Can you guys do more videos? Can you guys do live streams?" And it was like, "Yes, we, we're going to get there. You know, we're we're going to work on this in time. In time." And it's all <laughs> been a process, and it's all been going well. And we're on target for what we wanted to be. You know, we hit we hit our subscriber counts where we wanted to hit them. We've done everything the way we wanted. And we couldn't do it without everyone else. But when we get there, it's going to be fine. When we finally realize the potential of what we're working on and everyone sees it, they're going to be very excited about what we do in the future. You'll be almost excited as you will be for Jalen Hurd when he gets out on the field and isn't Jalen Hurd. That's not possible. No. No. When Jalen Hurd, I'm, I'm fully expecting Jalen Hurd to have like some big play on his first play. And 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 just, just, just to be expecting it. I called it. I win. When he stays healthy all season and has a big year, I'm gonna do a jig. A jig. A jig. Yeah, folks. I haven't seen a, a, a an ant jig in some time. Maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll bring back the ice ice baby dance. Oh, you ain't ready for that. No, cut back crew. You're not ready for that. I'll 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 have to cut the camera away. The, the old school running man. Maybe you know bring it back. Um, we still got to do our race. Do the too. cabbage patch. We're, we're gonna have to do our race. We I can't. May... I can't run. Oh, My true. Achilles Your is jacked. Achilles is all jacked right now. So, folks, I have won the race officially. Yeah, he's, he's definitely won until I'm healthy, and I don't know when that is because I refuse to go to a doctor. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that, man. But apparently, once a week, it it starts swelling. So, oh, that's that's good news. Yeah, it, that me, sounds that sounds like me it's... and Tarverius Moore are on the same page. You know? <laughs> Did you did you also hurt yourself getting up out of a chair? I don't know. I just heard a pop after Wilson. I stepped off a curb. Oh, that was Jeff Wilson. I but. will I will say this. Hey, Quan, you recovered fast. Can you hit me up? Um, For real. Hey, yo. 
My block needs to get hot. Kawani, you need the block <laughs> hot up in this piece for real. For real. With the kilt on. Oh my Ooh. lord. Jay Ellie. Coming in, dropping bombs well, right away. You know, I do have oh, some heritage goodness. for the, the Scottish, so that would make sense. It would. Yep. But we can get Roddy Piper on and you guys can Roddy Piper is not alive. Once again, um, you need to make sure they're alive. Man, you you've, you just you just don't do that. <laughs> Rest in peace, man. Rest Maybe Rhonda. Hey, no, Rhonda. We could get we could get McIntyre. He wears a kilt. That's true, Drew. Yeah, we get Drew on first. We get Drew He's on first. He's Scottish. I would. I'm just. I'd be more afraid that Rhonda would like her. Like want to hurt me. Rhonda's been to our hometown, so I know it's fine. I, I have know. her autograph. I know. Yeah, when she made uh, my sister's ex boyfriend tap out. I remember that. That was good times. It's a good story. I mean, it's not a huge story because I could tap him out too, but but it's funny because she did it. It is, funny. and she's like well known. It and is things of that nature. Yeah. Um, Let's smash the sea chickens twice in the regular season. I'm down for that. It is great that they have a wash. They have a game Washington D.C. before one of the games with us. That's true. That is Play, playing the football team before us is actually a good thing. You get roughed up a little bit. Well, and they got to travel almost three thousand miles. Also true. So that is wonderful. Anytime you got to go all the way across, you know, uh, the coast and then come back and then play us, that is good. The 49ers kept getting caught in that last year, so that's good for us. I like it. True. I mean, it's it's not a bad thing at all, and cool. that and that front four for them is very very good. Um, it's going to be a good little for 49ers fans. You should want to watch that game. You really should because it'll is it be a 10 a.m. start time? Do we know? Is it? I'll, a, look, I'll look it up. Yeah. I'll look it up. I think it might be. If it is, that is that's actually very great. The Seattle could lose that game. They very well could. So that that would be very nice because I would love to see that defensive line get after Russ. Um, don't let him cook and just cause them some issues. Football team's going to be a better team this year. Bad. Huge fine for them today, by the way. Huge fine. What was the fine again? Ten million. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know some people were saying, "Well, it's really not that much, considering how much money they make." But as far as NFL, that's that's big. That's pretty big. Yeah, that's not small at all. No, not even a little bit. All right, where is this game? Where is this? Give me the Seahawks schedule. Seahawks. Give me the Seahawks schedule. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of these Seahawks. That's uh, so it's crazy. We don't have this off the top of our head. It's almost like we don't pay attention. Well, let's see. The 49ers play. There it is. Week 12 at Washington. It's a late start. Is it? 5.15. Okay. 5.15 Pacific Standard Time. So they are on Sunday Night Football. They will be on Sunday Night Football. Okay. So that's even better. Okay, go from Sunday Night Football, then they have less time to travel. Less time to travel, less time to prep, okay. less time to get ready. I like it. That's actually not bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. No, it's good. Everyone, Monday Night Football, watch that if you're a Niners fan because you're going to want to see and it. that was Week 12. They play the Niners. We'll be wearing our white jerseys on December 5th. True. I like it. Beautiful. I like it. I like it a lot. It's, it's, and So that means it's another primetime. Is that another primetime game? Or is the Titans a primetime game? I'm We're not a prime time game against Seattle that that time. It's uh, that's our, no no no. Never mind. Hold on. Da, 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 December fifth, five twenty. No, that is a prime time game. So that's a Monday night football game. That is another Monday night football game. So okay, so they do have the time then. They're they're gonna have the time going from Sunday night to Monday night. Sure. But I do like Monday night football. Levi's that'll be good, and that gives us more time to prepare for Seahawks. Also true. I like it. I'm I'm down with this. I'll take the extra prep time. It it makes me feel good. I like it. Oh, no, no. It's Sunday night football. Oh, it's Sunday Excuse night me. football. Sunday night football. So, no, they will not have more time. They will have technically one less day to prep. Okay. So, one less day to prep for the 49ers after coming off of prepping for that front four for the Washington football team. Now you have to prep for the front seven of the 49ers on one less day because they'll probably take that Tuesday off. You have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to prep, Saturday for your walkthrough, and then Sunday, boom, 
Oh man, I like it. That's a rough. That's a rough week. That's a rough week for uh, for the sea chickens. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Well, thank you, NFL. Appreciate. Yeah, that. I see people talking about the teams they don't like. I don't like the Seahawks. I don't like the Rams. I Derek. don't like the Cowboys. Yeah. I have a real problem with the New York Giants. You don't like the big people. No, because okay. I grew up in the 80s and 90s. It's true. 1986. It's true. 1990. Mm-hmm. These are not good times for the 49ers, and I don't like it. Okay? So th- those are issues for me. So those are teams that I really can't stand. <clears throat> Fair. And Fair. Uh, there are there's other there's players I also can't stand. Anthony Carter of the Minnesota Vikings oh. for ruining our for one of our Super Bowl chances in 1987. I hate, I, I, I'm not going to say hate. It's a strong word. But I dislike you very strongly for your absolutely wonderful play. Um, that is that is one. Also, Joe Theismann. I despise you and the refs of that game in 1983 um, because the 49ers could have easily have beat the Raiders in the Super Bowl that year, and they robbed us of that chance, and I hated it. Wasn't good. No. It was not good But Theismann changing his name also from Theismann to Theismann to rhyme with Heisman is not good. Don't like it. Kind of douche canoey, if you ask me. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> I love to see freaking Pete Carroll's face after they lose. I love watching Pete Carroll stop chewing his gum. That's my favorite part of any time yeah. Pete Carroll's doing anything. If he, if they are doing well, or that he thinks they're going to have a chance to come back, the gum is going strong. It's when the gum starts to be swallowed that you know you've got him. Then he gets that confused look on his face where he's like, "That's what you want to see from Pete Carroll—the confused face." We get. I want to get a lot of that. Let make him choke on his gum. I mean, yeah. Every time I, I hated it when he was at USC. I absolutely hated it because he did the gum chewing there. Then, um, and as soon as he got to Seattle and he got on that sideline, started chewing that gum and chomping on it. I was just like, I just, it's just one game, right? Just one game. Running back down the sideline, takes a shot. Pete's not paying attention. You know, gets hit. The gum goes down the throat for a little bit, and just for like half of a second, chokes on it for a second. And then maybe he doubles, like he thinks twice about chewing gum on the sidelines anymore. Yeah. I just want him to stop chewing the gum. If he didn't chew the gum, I wouldn't dislike him as much as I do. Every time they pan over and he's got his little head on, I just want to, just it's something about your face. Is there anything I can do to fix it? No. I just want to punch you in the face. There, there's one other thing I can't stand about Pete Carroll is, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but his fists are really big. Are it, they really? it looks like he's wearing like the Incredible Hulk hands. <laughs> and so he, he always likes to throw a punch like, yeah, celebration. And the fists are just absolutely gigantic. And it just gets me every time. All right, I'm going to have to check this out. You're going to have to watch I'm gonna it I'm going to have to watch this now. I'm going to be lo- watching specifically for Pete. And it's like a slow pumps. motion. It's like he's got a lunchbox on his hand. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Gary, you need to give a crap about the rest of the league a little bit. Not saying a lot, yeah. a little bit, because you got to you got to know what's coming well, and what you're coming up. Against. I would like to know from Gary too. Was his big was his chief rivalry because he would have came through the the seventies and the, true. is was it the Cowboys for the 49er fans because the seventies were rough with the Cowboys and then the nineties were kind of rough for the Cowboys. I know that's where I got my hatred for the Cowboys was in the nineteen nineties. I mean those NFC Championship games just literally cut me to shreds. Um, Little known fact, car trouble, had to watch one of them in an Arby's. Not the best moment of my life, I'll tell you that much. It's it's weird, man, because I'm a, I'm a 90s baby. I yeah. was born in 1990. So You don't like the Green Bay Packers? I hate the Green Bay Packers, dude. I hate the Green Bay Packers with a passion, with a burning, burning passion. Um, and then the other team 
that I have a strong disliking for, mm-hmm. even though I like like a few of their players and their coach, the Ravens. Is that is the first Super Bowl for me? Oh, okay. That is the first Super Bowl that I legitimately remember. Remember, like physically remember that first one with Steve Young. And I, I don't remember. I I know it. I know I watched it. I have video of me watching it. I know I like witnessed it, but it's just not something that clicks as yeah. like a. I vividly remember things from that Super Bowl. I don't vividly remember things. I do vividly remember that Super Bowl against the Ravens. I remember the despair in the first half. The, the hope and the absolute like, oh my God, this we're going to do it. This is a team of destiny. This is going to happen. And then the utter heart being ripped out of me when we're not able to pull it out at the end of the game. And just sitting there and being like, I, I almost wish. There was literally a part of me that said that day, I almost wish we hadn't made the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Well, it's harder to lose a Super Bowl than to win one for sure. hundred percent, yes. Or to never get there. Um, the one thing, there's one thing I'm going to say before I get to something Jag said because Jag hit on a point that hit me to my core. Um, but is the reason too I I hated Dallas was number one Alvin Harper talking trash. You had Larry Brown acting like he owned Jerry Rice. I hated that trash talk part of it. I didn't like them disrespecting my guys. Number one, that's why I loved when Ricky Waters and William Floyd and Deion Sanders came back and was like, oh yeah. Well, here we are. We're, we're better than you, and we're going to talk about it. And um, now, as far as what Jag said, he's talking about the 1984 when the Steelers beat the 49ers and prevented the Niners' perfect season. I will say this. I This game still pisses me off to no end because Eric Wright had absolutely fantastic coverage, never touches Stallworth with the backhand. I think it was Stallworth. It was. And completely turns sideways and knocks the ball down. It is perfect. And a ref... From 20 yards away, throws the flag. It is an absolute travesty. The 49ers should have went undefeated that season. They were one of the best teams of all time. There should have been no bottle popping from Miami. And it still frustrates me to know him because now that 1984 defense was one of the best defenses of all time. They do not get the love and respect that they deserve. They deserve to be mentioned with 85 Bears and the 2000 Ravens, and they don't. That defense is so far one of the greatest of all time. You could stack them up against any numbers-wise, and they were awesome. They barely gave up any points per game. That game still just irritates me to no end. I, I hate it. I just absolutely hate it because that ruined the 49ers' chances of having a perfect season. Well, and shutting the Dolphins up. And shutting everyone up. I mean, it would imagine if you could have stacked that on the five Super Bowls. Is that, oh, yeah, we have the undefeated season as well. Yeah, it would just been the icing on the cake. Yeah. 100% the icing on I the cake. I will say this, though. If they were going to lose a game, I'd rather it's that one against the Steelers and not the Super Bowl like New England did a few years. Or, oh, you know, yeah, where was you, beat, you beat the Giants yeah. in Week 16, and then you get to the Super Bowl and play them again, and just yeah, oh man, that one that one would have hurt more. By the way, happy one of the happiest days of of my life because at that <laughs> point too, at that point too, right, we're in the the doldrum days for the 49ers where things are just not going well in San Francisco. I'm getting real sick of yeah. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. To come home, my brother came home from science camp that day. So I didn't get to watch the game live. Watched it about three hours late. Come home, turn on the TV. Actually, turn on the TV and didn't go to the guide. Put it on the channel. And all I see is the ball floating in the air to Plexico Burst in the corner of the end zone. My dad goes, put the DVR now. And I click over as Plexico Burst is catching it. And I can see the score at the bottom. And I'm like, oh my God, the Giants might have done it. And then backtrack to the beginning yep. of the episode of, of the Super Bowl to watch it all the way through live to that moment. 
just the anticipation because I turned my phone off. Anticipation knowing what was going to happen. It was a great day. It was a great day for someone who was really sick of the Patriots. Just absolutely sick of them. Sorry, sorry, Megan. Sorry. It was, I think, the Giants' first Super Bowl uh, that they won with, with uh, Eli um, that I literally predicted it before the playoffs. You did? I and, that. and I just, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's going to happen. But that one, was, I did not see that. I thought New England was going to win. And to be honest with you, there was a part of me that wanted New England to win because I'm just so sick of the 72 Dolphins. Oh, you're sick of them just popping the champagne every year? Like yeah. it's something to... I mean, I don't think it's ever going to change. I think these dudes are going to die off. I think that's what's going to stop the, the, the popping. They're just all going to be dead before it ever gets changed because, I mean, it's going to be almost impossible. Now 17 regular season games and then the playoffs... Um, it, it's getting harder and harder to go perfect. That record is probably going to stand. There should be an asterisk because they only had to play 14 games, but um, that's neither here I mean, nor there. I in, mean, in theory, in reality, there is an asterisk because there's been plenty of teams in the NFL that have gone 14 and 0, 15 and 0, 16. There have been a handful of teams that have done it. Yeah. Um, so for me, it is what it is. You did it in the regular season at a time where the rules were different. Congratulations, you're the first one to do it. You might be even be the last ones. Well, to they do weren't it. the first ones. They were just the last ones. They were the last ones to do it. So yeah. they were the last ones start to finish. So it is what it is. Yeah. I'd love to see them do that in today's day and age, in today's football, in today's game. We all know that wouldn't happen. Maybe we're going to get lucky and Gary's right. And get, the 49ers are going to go 17 0 in the regular season <laughs> and win and the Super Bowl. Win the Super Bowl. Win, you know, what, divisional, in the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl. That's a, a nice, win, clean 20-0. and 0. Win every single award as well across the board. Nick Bosa, comeback player and defensive player of the year. Jimmy Garoppolo wins Super Bowl MVP and MVP of the regular season, right? Like every, every award that we could possibly win, we win. Trey Sermon, rookie of the year. Like the whole nine yards. I'll be honest, you know what just popped into my head? Dream. Dream, dream, dream. <laughs> dreams! Yeah. All dreams. All dreams. Can someone confirm? I heard the last time we played Detroit first game, we won the Super Bowl. Is that accurate? Yes, 1984. It is. It is accurate, Monica. That, that is, is true. In 1981, we actually played Detroit and lost uh, the game against Detroit, but won the Super Bowl. So the last two times we played Detroit week one, we actually went to the Super Bowl and won. That's 1981 and 1984. That yep. is 100% true. 100% accurate. So uh, well, I guess we'll see what happens. I wasn't alive for 81, but I will say this. Neither was I. Uh, Bill Walsh put together a fantastic plan for that Super Bowl, the Ray Worshing Squib Kicks, which you know I'm a huge fan of the Squib Kicks. Um, on uh, that on the AstroTurf there in the Silverdome, ball bouncing like crazy. It really does. Great plan. Uh, look, if, if for, for folks who don't know, uh, Ant doesn't kick off. Well, we kick off. We just you you Squib Kick. Yeah, we do. We don't kick it deep. Yeah, you, you Squib Kick. Yeah, yeah. So you know what we don't have returns on us. That's very true. Yeah. It's very true. Some people would argue that people have short fields, but when you have the defense that, that uh, you typically put together and that we'd have when I coached with you, uh, short fields, sh short, short field, short field, who cares? Yeah, it doesn't matter to us. Yeah. yeah plus, gonna, plus, when we get the ball, we're going to score on the first score. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like the little Giants thing. It doesn't matter. You yeah, know? A nice 48 We kick power. it to you, we take it from you, we shove it down your throat. Yeah, you know? A nice little 48 power around the outside, around the outside, <laughs> around the outside. That's right. It's beautiful. You'll love to see it. Um, you know, I, listen, you had me until Jimmy G Super Bowl MVP. Look, I, I, I tend to take. Oh, I completely I tend to take that. A, I tend to take a typical thing. Yeah. Right, and then just take it over the edge. Just, just too far. Well, you, you, you go take, right across the line on purpose. Yeah, you're the opposite of Thanos. Yeah. 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 It's know, the, the super optimistic over yeah. the top take. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's okay. I think there's a place for everything. Sometimes. 
I'd probably need to tone it back, though, for Lock It Up if I want a chance to win it this year. <laughs> yeah, the people that don't know about Lock It Up, I mean, we pick, we pick the NFC West games every single week. It's true. And uh, last year it was pretty close. It was tight for, yeah. I would say, the majority of the season. Yeah. No more than about two games ever. No, I got it by like four, I think, at one point. Towards the very end. Yeah. Towards the very end, you got a nice big lead. Yeah, and then, and then yeah, I won it. Um, because Spoilers. My, my counterpart that's not here... Um, he just picked all the same games as me the last week and left himself no chance to I win. I was very upset about that. When you, when you picked your games and then he picked his, I was like, those are the same games. And he was like, oh. I was like, so just change, like, change. Well, but they won't. Then I win. But then Ant wins. It's like, but now, but now it's, but now it's literally Ant wins. Yeah. You're just, it is what it is. It could be different this year. We'll see. Especially when the fans get involved in this. Maybe the fans are just going to whoop us on everything. Yeah, who knows? Chat, you're going to have a chance to compete with us each and every week on those pick So you want to you wanna get uh, get excited for that because that's going to be a good time as well. That is. That's going to be great. I'm curious if the fans beat us or not. I'm going to come with my A game. I'm really going to focus in on I'm gonna this. Have to, I'm going to have to yeah. not go crazy with my bold predictions. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to keep while that's bold and while that's bold, right? And lock it up and lock it up. Yeah. Don't let those two things cross over, Alex. Note to self, no crossover of while that's bold and lock it up, separate categories. Well, we had some big while that's bold hits. We did. Like, if you remember right, going into the Dallas game, while that's bold, I said, Eric Armstead's going to have two sacks. He did. He did. And I know you hit on some, too. Uh, well, I remember Horst had the Ken loss first sack against the Saints as well. He did. He had that one. Um, I had talked about uh, Richie James having a big game against the Packers. And he was going to need to, and he did. Uh, I unfortunately spent most of that uh, that game and kidnapped, kidnapped. But you know, it is what it is. You, yeah, you don't always. Sometimes you go on a you know a nice little trip to Wisconsin to do an interview and uh, to do a parody, and you get kidnapped by the Joker. That's just uh, just how things work sometimes. You know. So I mean, we've we have hit on some of our wild that's bolds. Yeah. Uh, need to do a better job of hitting on the picks by not letting the wild that's bolds influence me. That's true. Know? I can't wait for people that um, didn't see our preview shows and our post game shows be able to see if this year's going to be ramped up to another level it's going to be fun yeah i mean that's what i mean folks if you're watching this right now you've been enjoying this you're like man this is a lot of fun i feel like i want to subscribe you need to just hit that subscribe button because if you haven't hit that subscribe button you're not going to get notified you're not going to be one of the first people here you won't be with the cutback crew and chats because that's what the most fun is you know watching this back after the fact good time don't get me wrong being here live with the cutback crew interacting talking chatting it up with everybody who shows up each and every day for these videos that's where all the fun is. That's where the great conversation is being had. So subscribe because you're going to be able to be a part of some of the best content that we have on this channel, which surprisingly isn't our off-season coverage. <laughs> it's our in-season coverage. That's where a lot of the fun happens. Yeah. That's where a lot of the greatness in this show has been, has been there. And you know what? We probably need to get around to putting out a best of the cutback from the 2020 season. Our editor can get on that. All right, he can get on that at some point. He can get on that at some point. And, you know, just highlight those things because that's where a lot of the fun is. That's one thing I'm really excited for because we haven't had a chance to do it yet. Um, you know, because we have all the offseason stuff going is when we get into these games and we're able to break down and dissect what the 49ers did in these games, how they were successful, how they attacked defenses, how they, you know, attacked offenses, uh, what the game plans were, what the key matchups were. That is what I love because Alex knows this. I'm an X's and O's guy. I love breaking that down. That is what I'm looking forward to. I would say that that's both of our favorite things. It is. Film study. I think so. Yeah. Film study, getting into it, and just getting into why things work, why things are going to happen. Um, that's what I'm excited about. And I'm excited to have those conversations with the people that we've gotten to know. So many of these people 
um, in our in our live chats in our comment section are super smart. They've watched a lot of 49ers football. They understand what what the team is trying to do. And so we can have competent, good conversation about what is going to actually happen. You might you could go somewhere and get an instant over the top reaction. You can, you can get that right. anywhere. Or anywhere on YouTube. You can come and have an actual conversation and talk about all the great points and pieces of the game, how it worked, what's going to happen, and where the 49ers need to go next. And don't get me wrong. There will be times where a certain someone on the show overreacts to something. I know. It's crazy. It's almost it's like I can't help myself. Yeah. But the best part is about this show is it's not going to become the whole theme of the episode. <laughs> it's just an entire overreaction. There's going to be an overreaction. There's going to be a conversation. There's going to be a talking down off of the ledge that I will be standing <laughs> on at some point. Right? I will be talked down off that ledge. And then we'll get back to normalcy and yeah. reality and what's actually going on in San Francisco. And that's the best part is being able to have have a way that you view things initially and then be able to talk to other people yeah. and talk to you guys and be able to take the lens that I am looking yeah. at or whatever or however chat's looking at it and expand it just a little bit. Because as soon as you expand that lens and how you're viewing or how you're looking at the team or that loss or that game and that performance, I mean, there's been times where I've watched a 49ers game and felt really good about it and then you go back and watch the All-22 film and I watch it I'm like, Actually, yeah, that wasn't very good. We got lucky and had some breaks. Um, and you feel you don't feel as good about it as a fan. Now, not every fan is going to be turn around and watching the old twenty two film. Yeah, and that's what we're here for. We're here. We're here to give you that extra little bit of feedback. So that way, as a 49ers fan, you don't end up having that false sense of security. So that when you go into a game like Atlanta in twenty nineteen, where everyone thought, "Cake, cake, 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 cake," we got this as a wrap, and then you end up with a big fat L. And in a game that's a trap game, um, you know, you, you don't end up being surprised as to why or, you know, immediately turning to some of the takes that I saw after that game. This isn't a Super Bowl team. They have no chance. It's time to wrap it up and call it a season. The 49ers are done. Yeah. Well, it's about perspective, right? It's all about perspective because you're looking at it. Everyone sees it from you see it a different way than I see it. Even plays. Sometimes you see something and you're like, oh, that didn't work. This guy must have did something wrong. Like famously last year, me and you would both bring up that sometimes like Ross Dwelly would miss a block or George Kittle would miss a block. And like, man, they, they should have been able to make that block. And then you look and it was the wrong play call. It was the quarterback did not get them in the right position to be successful. And they're doing something they shouldn't have had to do to be successful. Perspective is everything. And so when we get a bunch of different perspectives, we're able to all talk about it and then you know kind of figure out where it is. I, I don't know how many times we would get ready to record our recap show last year. And you would come in super hot. And by the time we got to the episode, you would have simmered down at least a little bit. So it wasn't as hard hitting. Um, so that's what I like is that at least there is that time to get a different perspective. Talk it out and see the areas that, yes, are really needed to be talked about in those areas where it's like, well, it was bad, but it's not that bad. And I think that's, that is part of the fun of talking 49ers football. That's part of being a fan. Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, and yes, Monica, merch store is live. Merch store is, is live. Oh my goodness gracious Alex, me. Alex no. is dealing with digestive issues. No. Why do you play? Why do you do this to me? Oh my gosh, Alex. Uh, I don't know why. I just want to, I just want to look yeah. at the CBS rosters because Tommy told me to, uh, look, uh, yeah, right up there. You can see it up there, Monica. Uh, there's the link to the cutback crew, cutback, 49ers cutback merch store yeah go check that out 
Um, it's just also in the description section. You can just yes. write in there, click the link, it'll take you right to it. Absolutely, there as well. Um, and let's not forget, uh, you know, Tom, Tommy had brought up the CBS rankings, but Jag earlier had talked about the fines and whether or not we had oh, talked about those. Yeah, we hadn't talked about um, those. And we haven't talked about those yet. But we're not, neither one of us is surprised um, that this happened, that this came down. Uh, this is pretty much standard for the NFL. It is. I mean, that was one of the things one of our friends sent us the, the text and put, wow. And I sent back, why, wow. I mean, that's literally how I responded because if you looked at what the 49ers got, what the Jags got, you know, down the board, everything was the same. And that's because this is the standard amount that you get hit with for a first, you know, charge. And you knew it was coming because they had already said that the 49ers were going to lose one week of rookie um, development. So you knew it was going to happen. So it was just inevitable. Um, I did see a lot of people saying this confirms that Kyle Shanahan was at fault. This is his fault for it happening under his watch. Um, Alex, you know this, I, and you've been a head coach. You can't be like in charge of everything at every single second of every single practice, especially when you have 90 players on a field with how many moving parts can stuff get away from you. You can instruct people a thousand times to do something the right way. It doesn't mean they're going to do it the right way. Ultimately, as a head coach, you own it. Just like when I had to replace a coach on my staff, it's my job. I have to own it. When I'm told to do it, I do it. But it doesn't mean that you're responsible for everything. You know, and there is also people that other coaches that are responsible for doing their part. You just take the lumps. So we can't always blame Kyle Shannon for everything. But I will be honest with you. This happens at every single, every single team does this. Every single team pushes the boundaries of what they're allowed to do because guess what? You're trying to simulate football. And you know what football has in it? Contact. And if you're not having contact, you're not actually simulating football. No, you're not at all. Um, you're actually doing the opposite of simulating <laughs> football. Um, you would be not simulating pretty much anything. You would be doing I don't know what. Anyone that's ever watched 7-on-7 seven seven for any level whether it, you know, it's high school, college, whatever. You know what they have? Contact. That's crazy. Crazy to think. It's pretty much what happens. It's almost like it's a contact sport or something that they should, uh, they should be, uh, you know. Yeah. It's, it, like to, me, this, to me, this is a non-story. Yeah. Um, Megan, as for why the Washington football team was fined, it was fostering a, basically, a, a, a culture and a workplace that not conductive or positive in any way, shape, or form. Um, all the allegations have been coming out. Uh, basically, the basically what has happened now is the NFL has just concluded their investigation and decided yeah. that the Washington football team and that organization is just kind of a mess. And Dan Snyder's no no longer in charge of football operations. I think Tanya Snyder took over, correct? I don't I, know for sure. That's what I had just yeah. read it looked like. So I, I know they were making changes. They were making structural changes to try to fix and remedy some of this. Yeah. So they they got fined for their past things. Uh, and Tommy had brought up, where C CBS rankings of NFL rosters, um, and it was 32 all the way down to, to one. Did you see this at all? I No. Okay, so the Houston Texans were at 32. Detroit was at 31. The Jets were at 30. Atlanta, 29. Philly, 28. Jacksonville, 27. Cincy, 26. Carolina, 25. The Raiders were 24. Bears, 23. The football team is at 22, which, interesting. Chargers at 21. Vikings at 20. The Patriots at 19. The Sea Chickens. At 18, the Saints at 17, and the 49ers at 16. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting spot for this 49ers team to be because I don't think they're anywhere near 16th in terms of roster. It's because they put so much value on the quarterback, guaranteed. 
Very true. Because when you brought up that the football team was, what, the 18? Yes. So what do they not have? A legit, you know, quarterback. Wait, hold on a second. The football team... Was it 22? The football team is eight. Okay, then there's something wrong with this. <laughs> um, I don't get it. I was thinking maybe they're putting a lot of stock no. into the quarterback, but how is the Washington football team's roster better than the San Francisco 49ers roster? The Cleveland Browns are three. Yeah, the Cleveland Browns are always way up there, and every year that they... They underproduce and underachieve. Well, because you know the receivers are going down. I mean, yeah, Jarvis Landry's Jarvis Landry, but... I mean, what everyone's still expecting these guys that they keep signing to be big time players. They got Miles Garrett, the Arizona, the Arizona, Jadavion Clowney, the Arizona Cardinals are eleven. The Arizona Cardinals don't. The Denver have, Broncos are thirteenth. Yeah. The, okay. This list is complete rubbish. It's garbage. Um, I don't even. I don't even think we need to get into this too far because these guys do not know how to judge a football team. But you know what they're going to do? They're going to learn when we get out there on the field and start playing. That's very accurate. They, you know what they're looking at? They look at numbers. Gosh, stop looking at all the numbers. You can look at numbers, but if the numbers are your only basis, you're bound to get things wrong because numbers can be deceiving. They can make you give you a false sense of security of what right. you're actually doing. If you got a team that has really low rush, like their defense allows a lot of doesn't allow a lot of rush yards, that may be good and great and all, but how many pass yards are they giving up? Because if you're only give if you're giving up bottom third of the league in in rush yards, but you're top half of the league in pass yards and you're giving up thirty points a game, I wouldn't say that you're a good defense. They obviously don't take into consideration. Like I guarantee, we got no no marks for Arden Key or Maurice Hurst or or Kerr. But when they're on the roster, you have to look what system they're going to play in, who they're going to be playing with, what team they're on. How can you rank the the 49ers had one of the better defenses in the NFL last year? How are they in the the halfway point of the league if they had that good of a defense? It's not like their offense is going to be bad. Their offense is going to be good. This doesn't this this is the same stuff. I've been seeing the negative hate and the hate on Debo Samuel, and I just don't get it. Doesn't make any sense. Jordan Dajani is the author, and he also at the very end of the article says that the 49ers aren't going to be a top five defense in 2021. Okay, well, Jordan Jordan Dejani is that his name? Dejani. Has this guy ever done anything with football? I don't. Besides fantasy, because that's probably where he got his 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 degrees. I, I am fantasy. I am stunned that the Washington football team is at eight. Okay, it is absolutely shocking to me. The the whole list is garbage. Forty Niners are a top five team as far as uh, depth and roster. and talent on the roster. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And when they prove it, I'm going to send Mister Dejani a nice tweet. A big, fat, nice tweet from the 49ers oh, yeah. cutback. It, it might be a Randy Moss-style tweet. <laughs> no, the, never, the East Coast media doesn't take the West Coast seriously. Uh, in all honesty, that the, is true. The, West, the, the media just in general doesn't typically take the 49ers very seriously, and they're very critical of Kyle Shanahan, which is why CBS also put out another article that ranked head coaches in the league. 11. 11th for Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. That is crazy to me. Because you look at some the first two names in front of him, Mike Tomlin, who has not done a whole lot. He won a Super Bowl. One Super Bowl. It's one more than Kyle Shane. I'm aware of that. But he's also, he's, also been a, he's also been a head coach for, what, 10 more years than yeah, Kyle easily, Shanahan has? Easily. And he uh, had triple player, too. Also true. Matt LaFleur, a guy that Kyle Shanahan, with the exception of last year with a depleted roster, has owned. Yeah, that's garbage. Bruce Arians. I get it. He finally won a Super Bowl. Well, Tom Brady won a Super Bowl, but Bruce Arians is there. It's true. 
Uh, Pete Carroll, that's for what he's done in the past. I get that. And he's got incredible Hulk fists. Very true <laughs> as well. Sean McVay, who's been absolutely owned by Kyle Shanahan since Kyle Shanahan came into San How Francisco. do you have, I don't know how you have, you have. He's Mc, sixth. I think McVay and Shanahan should be near each other no matter where they're at. They need to Parallels. be close to, yes. Yeah. You could put, if you had him at six and Shanahan at seven, I won't like it, but I understand it. You Yeah, you could own it because you realize those two have had parallels. Both went to one Super Bowl. You know, both of them had good teams. Now, McVay took over a team that was more talented than the team that Shanahan took over in 2017. Uh, agreed. Um, and, and listen, the rest of the list after that starts to get a little better for me. Reed at one, Belichick at two, because I think they're ranking them currently right now as the team sit. Harbaugh at three. That might be a little high, but he's done a lot of great things and consistently good. Consistently good, and has completely re-identified what that Ravens team is. Um, you know, he kind of orchestrated that. Yeah. Uh, Sean Payton, okay. Sean McDermott there at five, okay. Um, too early on McDermott. I, I still think it's too early. McDermott hasn't even made a Super Bowl. At least Kyle Shanahan and McVay have done that. <sighs> That's very true. That's very true. Um, it, it's man, though. I, I'll tell you where, what. Where's McDermott located, though? McDermott. Oh, he's McDermott's in Buffalo. At, yeah, he's in Buffalo. So you know where he's at? East Coast. East Coast. Yeah. You know where you know where McVeigh and Kyle Shannon are? West Coast. But you know where McVeigh is? LA. LA. Oh, you're, as long as you're in LA, the East Coast knows where you're at. It's very true. They think the entire West Coast is LA. And San, well, you would think it's San Francisco, but No, they don't. LA. They just think it's LA. LA and San Diego. That's about the only Oh, places. you you think they give San Diego any respect? I don't think so. Uh, they don't even true. know they don't have a team anymore. That's very true. <laughs> and Bucks, yes, Megan, you had asked earlier who the number one roster was in the NFL, according to Dijani there at CBS. Uh, he had he had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, of course, because they brought back everyone, and they won the Super Bowl. So obviously they're the number one team. Obviously. Totally. <laughs> of course. Uh, Kyle, yes, don't do drugs, kids. When you do drugs, you come up with Jordan Dijani's list of NFL rosters. It's true. The Washington, the, the, the Washington football team at eight is yeah, incredible. To quote, to quote Lawrence Taylor, don't smoke crack. <laughs> don't. Smoke crack. <laughs> Don't do it. Wow, that is, that is awful. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize really CBS was putting out such dumpster fire stuff. Um, it kind of reminds me of SI sometimes. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> is, is that a, a hammer? Zinger. He's in his early 20s, so he's watched like no football. So he's like the guy that Grant, he's like the guys that Grant, Grant brings onto a show that are like 12 talking about how, you know. They're all living the analytics thing. Yeah, I get Jimmy it. Garoppolo, it's trash. He's so garbage. It's a solid voice. I like it's that. It's pretty good. I've been working on it, you know, specifically for this moment. Should we open it up for questions? Absolutely. Yeah. Q&A, chat. It's Q&A time. I love Q&A. Uh, you know, besides just letting us know, you know, let us know what your favorite merch item is in the store, by the way. If you haven't got a chance to that, check that out, go check it out and just let us know what your favorite design is so far. That's a good one right there. That's traditional. You know, I know Caleb's going to probably go with the uh, with the uh, good old too sweet the NWO TCC shirt. The cutback it's crew. It's a great shirt. It's a great shirt. You might be more of a mug person like Megan was. She already got herself a nice little hot cocoa mug. So, you know, maybe that's more your speed. Let us know, though. And I'm going to get a cell phone case. I do want to get a cell phone case, yeah. too. I, I love that you put an Android case in there, too. I did, of course. iPhone and Android. I go Android, so. I know, me too. Yeah. Well, most people don't. They, it's just, you know, I've, I've tried to get phone cases of other brands of people, and they just put iPhone stuff out there, and it's like, are you trying to alienate 50% of your audience? What are you doing? What are you doing? There's there's Android people out there who love Android phones. Oh, yeah. You got, you gotta let me you gotta let me rep you. you not let me rep you. Now I don't even want to buy anything from your store. Yeah. Cheating me Christmas. Yeah, I'm an R2D2 guy. 
All right, Monica, I, I try, you know, I try. I try my very, very, very best. Um, but no, yeah, chat right now. Let the questions roll. Let them flip. Ooh. It is Q&A time. Mark just bought one of the shirts like I'm wearing. Awesome, Mark. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You appreciate that? It, yeah, it, and it, I can't uh, wait to see people wearing them, you know, yeah, see the pictures and stuff. And once you start wearing that stuff, you got to send that to us. You tag us on the socials and everything. Yep, tag us on the socials. As a matter of fact, here you go. Here, here everyone, just, just for you. Just for you. In case you weren't sure where to find us already. Uh, everything you possibly could need. Right there. Right there. Apple is for amateurs. Tommy, we agree with you. We agree with you. 100% agree with you. We are on the gram. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. So make sure you tweet. Tweet your stuff at us. Why don't you put, guys put on your own let? What? Say what now? Gary said, why don't you guys put on your own let? I don't know what that means, Gary. I don't know what let is, Gary. I don't know. Maybe there was a, a mess up with the... Maybe. Resend yeah. that message, Gary, because I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I'm one of those rare breeds with the Samsung Galaxy, but I have a MacBook. Holy cow, Monica. It's a lot of crossover there. That is. It's a lot of crossover. Yeah. I'm more of a just straight straight Android guy. Just just give me my droid. Well, you've got to have that compatibility. Yeah, give me that Samsung and <laughs> then give me my PC so I can sync everything. I've never owned anything Apple. I Wait, I take it back. I did buy an iPod, iPod Nano. Okay. Never used it. Does Yikes. that count? No. Well, I bought it for 10 bucks. Then no, it doesn't count at okay. all. Okay, I yeah. still have it. I think I need to sell it Probably. for ten bucks. You might be able to get more for it. I know. Man. Those, 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 it's 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 picking up. It's we'll picking hit, up steam. We'll hit it, all we'll the hit. retro tech. Oh really? Yeah, retro tech's picking up. I'll steam. put it on the eBay and see what happens. <laughs> I'm picking up that cutback crew swag. Jay Ellie, we love that man. Yeah, we absolutely love it. it. Absolutely love it. Oh come on, cutback crew! I know I know you got questions for us. Let those questions fly. It is Q and A time. Have you heard anything about the upgrades on Levi Stadium? I have not. You know, I haven't heard much about it. I haven't. To be honest with you. Um, I, I listened to, uh, you know, what they were talking about at the State of the Franchise. I didn't really hear about any huge upgrades. Uh, I'm sure they did stuff, but, yeah, I'm not really aware. To be honest with you, I I just hope to be able to go watch training camp and maybe catch a game this year at Levi's. I mean, that's that's what I'm excited about. You know, Mark had mentioned, too, do you guys do shows from the parking lot if we're able to go to a game this year that yeah, very well may be the case 100 percent, that'd be awesome to do because then i get to freestyle he does get to freestyle if we get to make it happen we don't know if we can make it happen yet but if we can we will if we can we 100 percent will and that'll be a super ridiculously fun time uh because we'll be able to do so 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 much Had a lot of fun and any of the cutback crew that shows up that day You'll know where to find. We'll be posting our location. You'll know where to find us. You guys can come have a nice little fun celebration. It'll be a. It'll be a good time. It will be. That'll be. That'll be awesome. Samsung's last. How do we get on an Android conversation? Just because of the merch store. Thanks, merch store. You brought it up. That's true. Thanks, merch store. We appreciate it. Yeah, we really do. I used to have the the last phone I had was the Samsung, uh, the Active, the S10 Active, or oh, whatever it was. Okay. And I could literally throw it. No lie, I could throw it and it wouldn't break. Like it. You could throw it in water. It would last forever. Just nothing happened to it. I don't think my note will do that. Uh, I don't think so either. Although my note, my note is a my note's waterproof. Is it? it? Says it is. I don't know if I want to test that, but it says it. Drop is. it in the toilet. See what happens. Mm, Let us know. I'm all right. No, I'm good. I'm good. I don't think I want to. Uh, we're My note is going to the Chiefs preseason game. That'll be fun. That will be fun. That'll be fun. Yeah. Good See, stuff. he said he can beatbox too. I like that. That's dope. That's, That's a sweet. nice talent. That is. Should I pick up a 49ers Rey Mysterio mask? Ooh, I do like that, Caleb. 
Interesting. I'm all in for that. It's not a bad one. Yeah, I'm all in for that. I like the I like the masks. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Uh, we also had Mark saying, "What's the capacity for fans in Cali for this year?" Full go, hundred percent. Every single NFL franchise is full go with uh, with fans this year, mm-hmm. and the and the California we're going to be full speed ahead. So seventy thousand fans for Forty Nine football. True, it's going to be. Fun times in Santa Clara, man. man I'm looking finally, to. I mean, last year with the cardboard cutouts, just also the atmosphere. It didn't it feel weird watching the games? Felt fake. It did. It felt fake. Like I, I always thought. You know, we've always talked about is the NFL rigged? We've always toyed with the idea, right, that sometimes the NFL does some finagling with games and storylines to make things go a certain way, right? We've we've always joked around about it and had that like semi serious but not really serious conversation. Last year, it just felt like the NFL went full, like, F it. Who cares? Nobody's there anyway, right? It's not, not going to matter. It just felt fake. It felt, it everything felt artificial. It didn't feel real. It wasn't the same. Uh, I'm really looking forward to fans, excitement, crowd noise, the oh after first downs. Yeah. Like, I missed that last year. Yeah, definitely. I, did you see what Kyle Neely just said? <laughs> Have you guys considered... <laughs> I think he's not considered doing the father's voice too and making a whole mock show with it called Thanos and the Troll. It's actually a pretty good idea. Not only is it a good idea, we've kind of semi-talked about we have having Grant on the show. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> someone's someone's been working on a nice Grant impressione, so who knows? Stay tuned. Stay tuned indeed. <laughs> Are any of you buying the 94 throwbacks? And if so, what player? Uh, I already have mine. I already have my 94, my 94 throwback, or 84 throwback, excuse me. Um, and it is George Kittle. Okay, I don't have one. I do have one. I don't have the 94 throwback. I think if I was if I was going to get one, the two players I would ultimately get first are Jalen Hurd. It's a good yeah, one. But he has to be available first. Also and true. he's not available. Um, Fred Warner and then Debo Samuel. I think those are the ones I would want the most. I have a white Debo and yeah. I have a red Kittle. Yeah, I don't have I don't have any throwbacks at all. I have Kyle Juszczyk, I have Frank Gore, I have George Kittle, you know, normal jerseys, but I don't have, you know. I used to have a Joe Montana original jersey, got stolen. So. Awards to science camp. What a mistake. Seriously. Wait, no, church camp. That's <laughs> even worse. I was seven. That person's a heathen. Yeah, they are. What an awful human being. At church camp of all places. Yeah, I know. Hey, you know, maybe they just needed to be cool. Go cool, baby. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Got a red 94 last season of Warner and a white Kittle and white Bosa. That's nice. That is nice. That's, that's, a, nice, that's little, a nice group. Nice little group there. Nice little collection. Uh, no, I mean, I, I agree. Uh, any plans to bring Shirtle on the show? Shirtle. We have had no conversations with Shirtle at all. We've had no interaction with Shirtle. So as of right now, I can't say that we've had any plans to bring Shirtle on the show. Sure. I'm I sure can. Tommy will have some thoughts on that. He will. He definitely has some th- thoughts on that. And Tommy, keep it PG, my friend. Uh, is McDaniel going to make all the calls in crucial situations, or is Shanahan going to take over? Shanahan's going to make all the calls in crucial situations. In fact, Shanahan's going to make all the play calls. He's just going to get ideas from McDaniel. So McDaniel's going to say, hey, what about this? Should we do this? And he goes, yes or no. Or, he'll, or hey, guys, I'm really, I think I need something here. You know, what, what, what do we got? McDaniel's going to say, in this situation, we should do this. Um, it's just, this is the same thing that has happened for a lot of offensive coordinators. So That is blasphemy. I'm 49ers-minded. I don't know why that's blasphemy. Uh, but Tommy Huxley, if Shardell comes, I'm gone. 
As of right now, Tommy, you have nothing to worry about. So you don't need to go nowhere yet, my my guy. Uh, no no plans as of right now. Um, we've talked to some people, and there, there are some people we've reached out to, and we're working on other guests and other things. Uh, we had a nice little string there, a nice little stretch of basically uh, four, three or four different conversations that we got to have right in a row, week after week after week, which was great. Um, and we're hoping to do more of that. So we're, we're continuing to reach out. We're continuing to put feelers out there. Um, I'm really looking forward, though, to being able to go on with Nitty Gritty Niner during the season. That's going to be a lot of fun when we do that. Oh, yeah, we're doing the food show. The Sizzle and Sunday. Sizzle and Sunday, that's right. That, yeah. That'll be fun. Uh, we'll actually get to grill up some food and all that. Um, and you know what? Maybe we'll let chat pick one of the things we have to do. Because we have to do an appetizer, we have to do a main course yeah. and a drink. So Yeah, we could have, we could have them choose what we, what we make. I, I mean, we have... Tommy, he's a chef. He it's could true. help us out. You know? Tommy could. He could help us out. He could give us some could, hints on that. We could also bring Tommy. We could just shoot, man. We could just have Tommy on to cook the thing for us. We don't We're going to bring him to the West Coast? Right? No, I mean, we just zoom him in, right? Yeah. Just zoom him in. Tommy just could do the thing. Yeah. Tommy, stay tuned. <laughs> I, like what the, I like what Gary just said. <laughs> <laughs> bring Horst on as a guest more often. We want to. We definitely want to. That's for sure. That's for sure. I uh, know. We miss, we miss Horst. We miss Horst. Yeah. <clears throat> and he'll be back. Don't worry. We'll be back. We'll be back on. Uh, for real, Mustang Sally be galloping free, but we missed the guy. We that's, do. That's what she calls Mustang I like Sally. It. Mustang Sally. <laughs> I like it. Mustang Sally! I live in San Ramon, California. He's oh, not that far. He's not that far. Wow. I, why was I thinking Tommy lived far away? I don't know. Tommy, you're not that far. Wow, I love it. Dude, we could do like a whole like 49ers cutback cooking show with Tommy. Yeah. We might need to bring Tommy in. He's a ringer. I like Hopefully it. Nitty Gritty doesn't watch this. Nitty, no, that's our boy. Tommy's our chef. He's our chef. Yeah. We 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 called. Oh dibs. well, it's East versus West Coast, and Tommy's West. He's Coast. West Coast, so we got dibs. You East Coast, I fall East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, it's gonna be a lot of fun, and we got so many great things coming up. Yeah. Whether it's whether it's fantasy football, right? Whether it's Madden, uh, whether it's the Pick'em stuff that we got coming up for for lock it up for the fans this year. There's so many things that we got coming up that it's going to be really exciting. We just released the merch store as well, so make sure you check that out. And who is going to be head coach first, Ryan's or McDaniel? If I had to guess, I would say Ryan's. I would say Ryan's also. Um, only because of the pedigree of him playing in the NFL already. Um, he'll get an opportunity because, you know, he just, I don't know, to me it just screams confidence. I think McDaniel's got more of an uphill climb because he doesn't call plays. I think he would have gotten an opportunity if he was going to be a full-fledged offensive coordinator. But I think D'Amico Ryan's will do it. That's a good show name, by the way, Tommy. Biscuits and Blues. I like that. Ooh. I like that a lot. Uh, but yeah, D'Amico Ryans, and I think specifically because we've kind of already seen what's happened with offensive coordinators in the league who aren't really offensive coordinators. We've yeah. seen what's happened with Biennemi. He cannot get himself out of it. Now, that may be because he's a really bad interviewer from what the reports are, or it may be because teams know deep down that Andy Reid is really calling the plays there in Kansas City, and you don't have as much faith in Biennemi to be that kind of guy who can scheme up. That could be the case. McDaniels, though, has, like you said, a bigger hill to climb. D'Amico mm -hmm. Ryans is going to have complete control over this defense and what they do. I think he's got a better shot at getting to a head coaching job first before before McDaniels does. But both of them have a, a really good shot. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. 100% agree. Yeah, definitely. Third round compens compens compensation pick for Tommy? For Tommy? Is that what you're talking about, Gary? It's not worth it. Not a third round compensatory no. pick. No way. No, we're, we're holding out for a first. Like the Niners are holding out for a first for Jimmy. We're holding sure. out for a first for Tommy. We want a first round pick for Tommy. Yeah. 100%. Last time I say Charlotte on the show, he's dressed like Pablo Escobar's nephew. That's incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> I don't watch enough of Thanos to, to know that. Me so either. I appreciate that. I appreciate the updates. Yeah. 
Uh, Tommy remembers. Oh, man. Chat, you're killing me right now. How much, if any, influence do you think Pop, Papa Shanahan has on offensive play calling? All of the influence. Really? I'm on the opposite. Oh, Papa Shanahan. Oh, Mike, he meant, he he meant Mike Shanahan. Mike Shanahan. Oh, my apologies. I thought he, I thought he was calling Kyle Papa like he was the Papa of the team. I, I would say he has no influence over play calling, but I do think he has influence over, like, film, like, study. Like, giving Kyle extra insight into things he should be looking for. 100%. That's what's happening. He's set up to watch film and be in meetings and all that so he can hear what they're saying. So he comes up with an ideas and plans that Kyle Shanahan can implement. Maybe he even comes up with, hey, Kyle, these plays right here are plays that I would run. But the overall play calling, no. It's definitely Kyle. Stanley made it to live chat. Let's go. Oh, what's up, Stanley? Stanley, we always see you in the comment section, never in the live chat. You made it in today, man. Congratulations. I'm glad. I'm glad to see Stanley in here. That's incredible. Big time. That's huge. Yeah. But no, as, as for Papa Shanahan, and yes, 100%. He's set up to kind of be that overseer, right? He's just sitting back in his home on his couch with his wife. They're, they're watching something. He quick, quickly goes, oh, sweetheart, give me the remote real quick. We got to flip over to the special channel that Kyle set up for me uh, because they're about to start the quarterback film film room and I got to watch it. And she goes, oh, God, not again. I thought you were retired. I thought we were done with this. And then she walks out of the room and, you know, goes to the garden or, you know, calls up Kyle or sends him a text and says, can you just stop with this? Can I just have a moment with your father? You know, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. It's good stuff, though. It's good stuff. I love the fact that they actually set him up with all of that. That was that was incredible. Yeah. And I, I am I am also curious what people come up with for um, ideas for us for the food show because we're going to need some ideas. Oh, so wh while people are coming up with more questions to ask, if they could just throw in there what we should go with, I would 100% appreciate that. And also, when you go to a game this year, what is your go-to food item to get? Like what is the item that you have to get to eat? And Alex, what do you what is your go-to get? So see, if this was pre the Disneyland trip, it would be nachos. But nachos have been ruined forever. Disneyland ruined nachos? But in like the best way possible because I will never have another set of nachos like I had at Lamp. Oh, it was Lounge. that good. It was that good. And I'm talking the best nachos I've ever tasted in my entire life. I guess you've never been to Sonora. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I don't care what's in Sonora. It's there's good. no way, dude. There's no way. Sonora's better. Ah, there's no way. What kind of nachos are they? What's on the nachos? Uh, all kinds of stuff. Like what? Meat, cheese, uh, all kinds of toppings, sour cream, guacamole. There's, there's no way it beats the lobster nachos at Lamplight Lounge. There's 100%, no way. 100%. I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't do it. I can't say it. With 100% with certainty, I can't say it. Nachos are forever ruined, so I can't say nachos anymore. I thought you were going to say nachos are ruined at a game because you got nachos dropped on you. No, see, that doesn't... I can I can get over that. I also wasn't wearing a nice jersey that night, so if I had been wearing a nice jersey, True. would have been scarred for life. We were kind of incognito, yeah. That's correct. We weren't, like, trying to stand out. Like, we were just there to have a good time and watch some 49ers football. It's true. Um, I, I, would say, I would say it has to be now. Some sort of pulled pork, really? A yeah, pulled pork. I say pulled pork, huh. or like a like a, like a. Uh, it's hard, man. It's yeah. hard because nachos would be my go-to, and I just don't feel like I can do it anymore. So I went, I went and saw, sat in box seats at Levi's, and oh, one, fancy box. No, no I, I got it for free. I, like I know, thing. I remember. Um, one of the perks of doing that was I got to try like all kinds of food, right? And I was not exactly slim, um, so I ate a lot. And the one thing I will say is, dude, the garlic fries still are a go-to i at love levi? the garlic fries okay. um they're they 
I don't even like Chinese food, but they had Mongolian barbecue. What? That was wonderful. Yet, hey, if you're inside there, they have Chinese food. They have all kinds of stuff. It is fantastic. So it sounds like box seats are like the way to go. Oh, yeah. If you can afford it, 100% is a good way to go. Oh, it's my great. Lord almighty. I go to the game tailgate barbecue chicken teriyaki short ribs. You can have it all, but I want some hot dogs, hamburgers, and chili. I love it, Stanley. Yeah. What did Tommy say? Lobster mac. Ooh. Oh, man. That sounds really good, too. Yeah. Cheese and seafood. No, it's it was. Listen, guys, you may be sitting there thinking to yourself, "How is it? Just, just trust me." Oh, every time there was a piece of lobster in that nacho, it was like heaven in my mouth. I will have to tell you this. Uh, it might make you upset. Um, I dislike macaroni and cheese. I dislike it. Never enjoyed it. And I've tried all different kinds of people. Oh, I've come known, to, come I've... to my cookout and eat my macaroni and cheese. Yeah, it didn't work out for me. Oh man. Sorry, That's, it just upsetting. doesn't do the, bris- the brisket mac at Disneyland was I'm, also I'm a texture person. I have a real issue with certain textures. Carnitas is fantastic, by the way, for that. Ooh. That is good. Ooh, yes. This, you know, this, makes, this just makes me want to go get Taco Truck after this. That's Thir- all I want to do now is go get Taco Mark Truck. Mark Graves, we do not have a Thirsty Lions restaurant. We don't. We used no. to. Didn't we have a... We had a Lions. We never had a yeah. Thirsty Lions. But a Lions and a Thirsty Lions. Yeah. We haven't had your Mojo Pork. That sounds pretty good. Sounds something like you do. I don't know what the mojo is. I was going to say Austin Powers. I don't know what the mojo is, though. Every time I hear mojo, baby, I just think (laughs) Austin Powers or I think Mojo Jojo from Powerpuff Girls. One of the two. Sweet potatoes are ruined. Wow. That's a big one. Kyle, why did you say that, man? Come on, Kyle. You remember last week on the live stream, he was perfect on, and then he he had to go and do something like that. Why yeah. would you say so much vomit? Yeah, so so right Megan now? is finding out a lot about me. Number one, macaroni and cheese. No, I've never had one of those. What are those things you guys get from like uh, Jamba Juice and all that? I don't do any of those. No, no juices for me. You don't drink Jamba Juice? No, no. Nah. Smooth? You're not? Oh, that's right. Smoothie. I've never had a smoothie. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they're, they're, you'll find out. I don't like Chinese food. There's a bunch of stuff that I just don't eat. You don't like Chinese food? No, the smell. Uh, the taste just doesn't do it for do, me. Have you ever had Indian food? Um, no. I would imagine you're not going to be a fan of Indian food. Probably not. I do like Mongolian barbecue. We got that going for us. I guess. I'm a pretty picky guy. I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you since you're a co-host, you know, and, and you know, we, we do this and we've been friends yeah. well, for a while. I, mean, I, can, it, I can let it go. The way I look at it, there's more Chinese and more macaroni for you. It's true. True. That's not, not that's not necessarily bad. It might be bad for now, me, like individually, but it's not a bad. Thing. Now, if you put Mexican food in front of me, oh, I'm aware. It's it's going oh, going I'm, gone. I'm aware. Yeah, there's no sharing of Mexican food. No, and no, or just... or Tony's Pizza, which is a local pizza place. Ask Horst. I once shielded him from the oven where he couldn't get to it. Full fledged in front of him, doing my best, Trent Williams, and he did not get by me. I like it. Well, number one, he's not like Nick Bosa. He's not the most nimble, so he's more trying to bull rush, and that doesn't work. But that would have been a sight to see, right? Me blocking the oven from horse coming at me like a raging bull. That's, that's uh, yeah, that's dangerous. One man. shot to the chest though, and he stepped back. Okay, yeah. so he's not like Reggie White, Reggie White going after a quarterback. No, he definitely had no hunt move. Okay, definitely not. No, I I agree. Indian food, I like it. I like it. It, it can't be it can't be spicy. Mark curry sometimes does have a really bad smell to it, but if you can get past that, it actually tastes pretty good. Especially if the right. I heard place. it's pretty spicy. It is. Yeah. It is, and. 49ers might have brought that up too. Yeah. They brought up the spicy. It can't be. It can't be spicy. Don't try the sweet potato smoothie. Ugh. I will never try a sweet potato smoothie. Never. And that sounds... <laughs> Tommy sounds with the so freaking bad. comment. It sounds awful. 
All, yeah. <laughs> okay. Tommy, we both know that you meant to type that. You didn't mean awful. You meant that. My, you meant that. <laughs> that is incredible. My my favorite food is, of course, Mexican food. So tacos, enchiladas, anything like that is my favorite of all time. Also, a family recipe of potato salad. I have to have on every single holiday. It is wonderful. And Horst has had it before, and he agrees with this term. With the potato salad? With the potato salad. All right, I'm going to have to try that this year. It's, so it's wonderful. It. I don't think I've ever had it. Um, so if we're talking about favorite food to eat, favorite food to eat is probably going to be mashed potatoes mashed potatoes and then pretty much you can pretty much give me any i'm not actually that picky i'm i'm really not yeah so you can give me pretty much any type of meat with mashed potatoes and i'm gonna be a very happy guy if i had to pick one specific type of meat it's gonna be chicken parmesan though i love chicken parmesan uh my mom's chicken marsala is also pretty bomb pretty fantastic i gotta figure out how to make that uh but my favorite food to make has to be saw like sausage breakfast rolls loaf let it rise overnight Cut that bad boy, lay it flat, open it up, some egg, some meat, especially like a maple, like maple flavored meat. Like oh, sausage. like a maple sausage, yeah. Mm -hmm. That you, sounds good. You base that thing, some cheese, throw in some mushroom in there as well. Megan hates that when I want to do, do my, no, nobody likes, I like mushroom in, in my breakfast stuff. It just tastes good. I like it a lot. Uh, oh my God, man. Those sausage, sausage rolls on a holiday morning, like that morning of, and that's all, I literally will just eat that. Just eat that, and you can you can ask Megan. My favorite part of every year is going back to Indiana for holidays at her at her aunt and uncle's house because especially Christmas, you stay in her pajamas all day, and it's just food all day long, and it's not West Coast food; it's Midwest food. I don't even know what that means. Midwest food is not West Coast food. Okay, it's not the same. It's just not the same. The highlight of my life was was going to when I was a young guy, food wise, was going to my buddy Kyle Kemp's house and having Ohio. him make make it Ohio and having him and his mom make five cheese fries. Five types of cheese on French fries. Homemade French fries. Yeah. Absolutely. To this day, still one of the most mind blowing experiences I've ever had in my entire life. Because you you've met my mom. Mm -hmm. She was kind of a health fanatic. Yeah. She made really good meals, but we didn't get to like try really bad things like she didn't make me my first ever mac and cheese like five mac like five cheese mac like unhealthy mac and cheese until i was like 21 or 22 like when we had mac and cheese it was like almond milk mac and cheese and yeah. stuff it was just weird uh man i'll tell you what those five cheese fries still to this day it's like changed changed the way i saw the world well see it's probably not that big of a stretch for me because my grandfather and grandmother were from the south they're from Arkansas and Oklahoma. So I had great food all the time. So I didn't really have to worry about it. Breakfasts, my grandfather's breakfasts were next level. I don't know if you've ever had biscuits and gravy, but if you've ever had biscuits and gravy made from scratch, oh. everything from scratch, it was 100% great. It contributed to my obesity at an all-time <laughs> level. Um, and then also the bacon was just wonderful. And then he made a specialty occasionally was chocolate gravy and it was wonderful um yeah it was great he set the tone for breakfast i don't know if anyone could ever hit that level again because it was that good chocolate gravy. oh it was so good it was chocolate so good gravy man yeah the, the the food back then was just it was amazing 
don't know if we can finish the show, dude. <laughs> I'm getting hungry. This is bad. Why are we talking about food so much? Faithful. Yeah, we need, to get, we need to get off the food. We got to get off the food. It's man. not I'm, good. I'm going to get hungry. It's already like 7.50 at night. I don't know, I don't know if I can do this. It's not good. Uh, now, nah, I'll tell you what, though. What a great show today. It was. Absolutely great. Chat. You absolutely killed it, like you always, always do. Yeah. Literally always do. Um, I'll tell you what. I, I'm really excited about what the future holds for this channel. I'm really excited about season getting here and just all the things that, that uh, the 49ers have coming up because there's so many things still to come and so many things that this team can do. Yeah. Um, and there's still so much time. It's crazy to think how much time there still is until season. Uh, but you know what? We got little things filling us, right? We got little things coming up that are gonna get that are going to hold us over until season starts. It just needs to start today. Yeah, it does. And we're we're ready for the season to start. It's almost here. We're on the countdown. I know the players are on a break. Um, the the whole the whole staff is on a break, and we're not. We're we're still pushing through because we're going to talk about 49ers football because it's what we love. This is what we want to do, and we like talking it with everybody else that's on here because we have great conversations like this where we get to know each other and really talk 49ers football. If you have ideas of things you would like to do, like I know a lot of people want us to start doing, you know, like a Zoom type thing or a phone call or thing. If you have ideas like that, you would like us to send them our way, you know, and, and when, when we're able to get to it, we will definitely get to it. And because we want to make sure that we present the best program that we can present. Um, I know people want us to work with certain people. Um, and when that happens, you know, we're going to work with a lot of people, but uh, it's all in time and it's all strategic on how we're doing it. Um, we did a lot right in a row. We're on a little bit of a, a, a little break. Alex was out of town. And so what we did was we've kind of just stopped with the, all the different people right now, but we're going to pick some people up here pretty soon. And there'll be a lot of fun conversations coming up to training camp. The preseason, we'll really have fun conversations. And then we get to the regular season, it's all go. Let's put that gas, let's hit that NOS, and let's have fun. Absolutely. It's going to be a great time. Uh, and you want to be a part of this community. So if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button right now. Smash that thing into, into oblivion, blah, blah, blah. Hit that <laughs> notification bell while you're at it as well. Hit that like button. Share the video with the rest of the faithful. Let's grow this community. Let's get it bigger because the bigger this community gets, the more fun we have, the better the conversation is, and the more ideas come this way that are going to expand and improve the channel and give you more content to, content to interact with and more things to do with it. Yeah, that's the whole point is expanding so we can have more conversation and more fun um, and just continue to have great content from people that, you know, just interact with us. I mean, I think that's what's great. We had so many different uh, ideas and like the way people saw perspectives in our chat today that it just made everything so much fun. We appreciate what everyone does and we appreciate all the people that are here. Without them, it wouldn't be what it is because 100% they are the cutback crew and uh, they are fantastic. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. And there are plenty of ways for you to support this channel, whether it's hitting that subscribe button, whether it's liking the video, just sharing the video as well. You can go to the merch store now. There's super chats every time we go live in our premieres. So there's tons of ways for you to interact, tons of ways for you to show support. Make sure you support this channel. Support the rest of the Cutback crew as well. And, uh, man, I'll tell you what, this is a good live stream. Hey, yo, you know what time it is? Let's chalk another one up. Later, everybody. Oh, also, uh, we also almost forgot. All videos now. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturdays, Sundays, everything will be at 11 a.m. now. 11 a.m. So not not yep. going to have to flip over and keep track of things. And live streams are now officially 5.30 every Friday. We already chalked it up. We'll see you next time.